Mother's Day, all you Faithner fans. Um, this is the Faithner Podcast 40. We are talking today about Jupiter's Legacy, the uh, comic volume versus the show. Um, as we said, it's Goku to Emmy Mother's Day. So I hope you guys had a really great uh, time celebrating our Lord and Savior, Goku. I mean, Mother. He's, Goku's um, the best mom. We all know it. <laughs> well, actually, he's pretty. he's a pretty terrible parent. Um, <laughs> you know who isn't a terrible parent? Piccolo. 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 Um, yes, uh, I am Brandon T. McClure, and with me as always is Ben Magnet. Hello there. Sparks Witty. Isn't Goku kind of like the best mother? Because like, yeah, he's not great at the one-on-one -on -one parenting, but he parented all of Earth. Oh. It's very mm. protective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then in kind, all the spirits gave back for the spirit bomb. So it's, you know, like, yeah. so it's like nurture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it. You're right, Ryan Heliopolis. That's me. I'm making a bullshit as I go. <laughs> All right. Um, how's it going, everyone? Um, this is another episode. We're doing it again. Um, Believe I it or am, not. I am once again in this, although less orange this time. I fixed my lighting. Yes. Looks a little better, yeah. Um, you audio listeners probably don't give a shit. Um, there is we a couple can't of, see you. There's a couple of links in the description that I do want to bring up before we get into our week. Not many. Um, Ryan didn't do a downright annoyed this week, and uh, Ben did not put up a, a old school gamer. Um, no, I had other priorities, funny enough. But there is a article from me on the Fickner Podcast website on my blog, Bitching About Nothing, where I talk about what we talked about last week with the MonsterVerse, a new movie in the MonsterVerse, kind of the potential of what a Kong franchise could look like in the MonsterVerse as well. <clears throat> um, uh, there's that. That's linked below, as well as my conversation episode with uh, Derek McDuff uh, from the underrated podcast. Um, we talked a lot about fandom there. It's kind of a blur. This has been a really big week. Hanging out with my parents feels like it's been 40 weeks. Anyway. <laughs> Man, um, I just remembered that like you guys talked about something I was going to bring up. I don't remember what it was. Was it a John <laughs> Carter? <laughs> no. Because no. we talked about John Carter. You I know did you talk did. about John Carter, yeah. Oh, man, Ben, I'm so sorry. There should be a new link in the description. So people watching the replay and listening to the audio, the link will be there. It is Ben's Record All Monsters episode. Right? Record All Monsters? With Kaiju Weekly. There's 40 Kaiju podcasts. Kaiju I was Weekly. Like, I was not on Record All Monsters. I was on Kaiju Weekly with Travis. Kaiju Weekly. I, I've never even heard of Record All Monsters, but that's a sick-ass podcast Forget name. <laughs> Record, All Monsters, cool Record All Monsters is an upcoming conversation episode, which is why it's in my brain. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, so I do have a link in this trip description below. Sweet. Yes, so there is a there is Kaiju Weekly. Do you want to talk a bit about what you guys talked about? And don't uh, spoil Gurnlogan? I was just about to say that, so... Spoiler alert for the very end of Current Logan. I sadly spoiled the most hype moment of the show while trying to convince Travis to watch the show. But luckily, that did convince him, and he did watch it and finish it, and he is now a Gurren Lagan fan. I converted him, just like Brandon had converted me back in the back in the day. Cycle had converted me. Aww. Yep. So, I was converted yeah. by another. I converted <laughs> myself. <laughs> Ew. Ew. Right, oh, so converting fun. yourself is tight. Oh, I need that. Yeah. So uh, we we talked about uh, giant robots. There's a lot of Gundam talk of quite a bit of Transformers talk in there as well. And it was all in all a really good time. I had a blast. Can't wait to go back on and talk to him about 
more about Mobile Suit Gundam because the guys said that they're going to start checking out some Mobile Suit Gundam. Nice. And that makes me happy because Mobile Suit Gundam is awesome. This whole month is is a fake nerd takeover with um, Kaiju Weekly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you were asked about a jumping on point for Gundam, and I was surprised mm-hmm. you didn't bring up really the current series, which I imagine is because you haven't watched it. Uh, Iron Blooded Orphans. Yeah, yeah. I have. Yeah, that's um. There, I I, so Iron Blooded Orphans. I I started. I watched like three episodes. It's. So Iron Blood Orphans is a little different from a okay. So you have like air quotes here, regular Gundam shows with G Gundam and uh, Gundam Build Fighters being the outliers, which are those are more tournament based, and the, the rest oh, yeah. is like G Gundam was sick. Yeah, G Gundam's awesome. We did that as a book club a very long time ago. Yeah. Um, but, but Iron Blood Orphans, that's kind of like more, um, with gun. I mean, yes, there is the Barbados Gundam, but that's more of like think pacific rim but it's gundam on gundam no i i know i i'm vaguely aware of the premise i just i know a lot mm-hmm. of people have used that show as a gateway at this point because really? it because it's the current show but um also that show has been received so well that okay. has been a, a big opening door for people to go back because it's something you can just watch and it feels good because it's modern and it feels good because mm-hmm. it's current and then that has made other people i know i've heard from a lot who have gone back and like, oh, now I want to know more about Gundam in the in the okay. previous thing or the previous iteration. But a lot of people, Iron Blooded Orphans has kind of been the gateway in. Okay, nice. I mean that, that's good. If, if it's kind of it's kind of like how Star Trek 09 was mm-hmm. a gateway for a lot of people into Star Trek. Okay, yeah. yeah you know, uh, funny enough, G Gundam was my gateway into Gundam. Mm-hmm. That was the show that was on. Uh, yep. That's Mag, Mag says mine was Gundam Wing when Toonami started. That's the only Gundam series. Uh, that and G Gundam are the only two Gundam series I have I have seen. So you know yeah. what? My, my first Gundam was SD, SD Gundam, which was the Chibi oh, Gundams. Yeah. And I thought that's what that I thought that's what the whole universe was until I saw there were actually like regular like size people and like regular size robots. And I'm like, oh, this is even better because I was thought <laughs> of some cute thing. Dude, I totally uh, forgot about G about SG Gundam. SD Gundam. Yeah, I, I actually watched good. that show too. Yeah. Oh man, that was a that was a time. I had like two action figures for it too. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, so that's that that'll be linked below because that's up on their feed now. And Ryan, you're up next, right? With Evangelion. Am I am I next or or I guess I'm I think next. I'm last with Pacific Ram. Oh, okay, mm. yeah, gotcha. Then yeah, I'm uh, I'm coming up soon. Hot yeah. dog. So Guys, check us out on Kaiju Weekly. Also, Kaiju Weekly promised me a conversation, so take more with them soon. There you go. Um, and then finally, the the last link, the last thing linked below um, is the um, Fickner Book Club audio series. Little little try in the gang just started on the audio feed. Uh, uh, chapters one through fifty-two are up there right now. You can find Amazing. those links below. Amazing. And that's that, guys. That's everything below. Who wants to go first of their week? I'll do it. Do it. Because I didn't. I say, I say this every week, so I'm going to try not to say it, but I, I didn't do a lot. But um, I, I, I play Fortnite a lot as much as I can now because I got a PS5 and it just looks good to play. Um, I'm running out of quest, like good quests to do now. I'm at that point. <laughs> I, 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 I literally have one purple quest. Yeah. It's, it's chain. I don't have just like I have three in that chain, mm-hmm. but that's it. That's all I have left now. Yeah, uh, uh, I almost have my goal of what I wanted for this season is to get Raven, and she looks great. I'm almost there, so like the hard work's paid you, off. You opened the door, so I want to talk about some Fortnite real quick. Um, Fortnite, uh, I want to talk about the Batman comic. 
Yeah, um, oh even though my I gosh. haven't read it yet. I want to talk about the Batman comic. The highest selling comic maybe of the past 10 years. <laughs> what a cluster F. Um, so I think what is incredibly fascinating is I can't think of a moment where this has really happened with video games before, where the comic came out on Wednesday. And the same day the comic came out, Tuesday. sorry, sorry, Tuesday, because it's DC. Mm -hmm. um, the comic came out, and the same day it came out, an update went to Fortnite, and the update added the the shack bat cave that Batman builds in the issue onto the map. So the things that are happening in the comic are taking place into the game day and date, same time. Yeah. Uh, as the release of the book, and that's. Why they added new weapons this week? Yes. Like they keep adding new stuff like every single week, like uh, when the comic comes and, out. And like Fortnite's added things throughout a season. That's not new, but the fact that they are doing it to time with the story that they are telling through the comic is pretty insane. Mm -hmm. Um this is this is a video game equivalent of like going to see Captain America the Winter Soldier coming home watching Agents of Shield. Yeah. Like this is that happening with a video game, which is wild to me. Um and knowing that there's still four issues ahead. Uh, the last two will take place in the next season, whatever it is, which a lot of people I think rightly are assuming is going to be DC related because the Batman story is going to build and end at that point uh -huh. um, is really, really interesting. And again, like I haven't read it. I'll have more to say when I get a chance to, but I know that um, they're really bringing the mechanics of the game to it. Batman is in the 22 minute time loop that Fortnite feels like it's a groundhog uh, day. Storm but... stuff. He's doing that and he can't talk because Fortnite characters don't talk. So Batman can't talk. Uh, this is this is really really interesting, and um, the book is selling like crazy. Um, I went to a Barnes and Noble because I was looking at something else, and in the comic section they had little paper things that said Batman Fortnite comics are not sold here. You can pre-order the hardcover, but we don't sell the individual. I'm like, man, this is nuts. And I know at the comic stores it's been nuts. Uh, that's a $15 hardcover pre-order, by the way. Yeah. Six issues, $15, and you get the codes. Uh, that's the cheapest hardcover ever This book is going to sell, like, gangbusters. So it was so interesting going into the shop uh, when this comic dropped. Because um, it was... it Because it, the day the Fortnite... Because the day the comic dropped, Fortnite had an update that was like, hey, buy your go to your local comic shop and buy this comic. Um, so tons of people who play Fortnite go to their comic book store, but nobody at DC talked to any of the retailers to be like, Hey, this is going to be a pretty big thing. So yeah. none of the retailers bought a lot of it. So most people got like 10 for the rack and most of those went to subscribers. And it's, it's, it's impossible to, to tell how popular it was going to be because again, it's comic books and you don't, you generally don't think comic books are like big selling things. But Fortnite really is like the biggest property on the planet. And it's not just the biggest property on the planet. It's the best crossover like system on the planet. Like it has it has every property that you could possibly want. Like like Laura Croft fights the Predator fights, Batman fights John Wick. Like it's yeah. it's stupid fun. Um, so Ryan and I were discussing it, and like the way this is going, I think this is the path to a Marvel DC book. Mm -hmm. This is where it's gonna happen. Yeah. Fortnite, the comic is doing well. Fortnite provides the perfect plateau where Marvel versus DC is going to happen. And they're not getting uh, nobody writers. Like they're, they're getting Jim Zub and Donnie Cates to write these comic books. And like, like Jim Lee's doing the covers. Like they're not, they're, they're putting effort into it. Sorry. I, was, I had a thing for amalgam. <laughs> Cause remember when Wendy's would tweet is like, so new amalgam comics, when? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Um, yeah, but really if, like, Ooh, 
What if like Fortnite does like an amalgam event? Yeah. How awesome would that be where they put DC and Marvel characters in the fray? Because you know, now that's what you know. that's what like this season is kind of like it's like Warner Brothers. Crossover. I mean, Bat- Batman's fighting Snake Eyes right now. That's like in the comic that's book. In this comic, he's yeah. fighting Snake Eyes oh. from GI Joe. That's some, like that's that's, that's like, already happened. That's fan fiction, like bullshit, brought to reality. Like Fortnite's like the only thing really that's giving us like real crossover shit. I mean, there's a comic called Crossover. I guess. So, I was- there's a joke. So I just thought of this really bad joke. That is um, Wade Watts and Ray Player Two fan fiction, but done ten times better. Mm. It would be really interesting to see if this does lead to a, a Marvel versus DC, a Marvel DC crossover event. Um, even if it's not just, even if it's not like framed within Fortnite, if it is just like there is, the, the, this this was kind of like the handshake deal that was just like this is what we can we can build off of this, because um, that that has been such an anticipated rumor for so long that there should be another one. Um, and everyone I know that to do it. I know that Netherrealm, um, it was leaked that Netherrealm was working on a Marvel game that a lot of people think could be a DC versus Marvel game, uh, which is I, unlikely. I don't think it is. Uh, but man, talk about man, they're making a Marvel game. That's crazy. Like it's it's yeah. you don't and, like Red Ed Boon is really bad about keeping secrets when they're leaked, and then he like starts going on Twitter is like, oh, crazy, working on two different properties. Who would do that? Like he's <laughs> I love it. And uh, but Netherrealm was owned in part by Warner Brothers. So yeah. it is entirely possible that we could see DC characters in that game too. Yeah. Uh, even if it's just skins, like we see Hellboy and in, in yeah. Injustice. But I, mean, I don't know. That'd be really cool. Yeah. I I think that it's it I'm very pro the Batman Fortnite comic book at this point because um it's I love that they're incorporating what's happening as if it is happening within the context of the game mm-hmm. um that you read the story and it's affecting what's happening in the world of the game i think is really creative and cool and weird and different um i'm glad that it's so in high in demand uh ryan's right fortnite is very big especially with young people i think this could be a gateway for people to get to comics yeah uh more people to get to comics and i think that both companies will kind of see how this is selling and realize that and uh, I certainly think Marvel's going to want to do another Fortnite thing. And I wouldn't be surprised if down the road, uh, Fortnite provides the the foundation where mm-hmm. Marvel versus DC can happen so so fluidly. They don't have to do a lot of explaining and and like all this. Like you literally can just toss the characters in and work with the story and then pull them back out. And it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, it's it's extremely functional for that space and not just Marvel DC characters. Predator and Alien are in this. Like you can bring a whole slew of things to the table. Snake Eyes is owned by by IDW, so already there's an intercompany crossover happening. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's what I mean. Is like you know where where this is open. It 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 it's very interesting to think about how this could do, and I'm I'm very happy that it's selling the way that it is. I'm very happy they're incorporating it the way that it is. Um, if this, if in fact Fortnite is the gateway, I sorry, I had to make sure about this guy's name. I really hope we see Axel Asher, who is Access. Access is the only character published by DC and Marvel that both company owns the copyrights to. Oh. He has only ever shown up in one book published by DC outside of a Marvel DC crossover event. That's funny. That'd be uh, that'd be a sick deep cut. He he's would, the guy. Yeah. I would love it. 
God, he's like in the next. I don't know, like, like man, like the the dedication that they bring to the table when they're doing some of these faithful comic stuff, like bringing the people who write the comics, like you were talking about, but yeah. like the way that these things are translated into the games, like these are huge nerds. Uh, it would not shock me if some really cool stuff happens. I'm all for like Fortnite being the potential way to revive a lot of comic industry stuff. Uh, I think that would be awesome. Um, I, I just, I'm really glad that that's out there. Uh, I encourage people that if you have even mild interest in this Batman Fortnite comic, and I'll probably say more about it once I actually get to sit down and put some time into reading it, um, pre-order that $15 hardcover because uh, yeah. that, that's a great deal no matter what it is. Uh, make it sell. Um, get those codes. Go play some Fortnite. Yeah, I was about to say that. I, I'm sorry. Um, I I totally glossed over the, that part. Um, that has the codes for the skins, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, they're not all skins, and I just want to be clear about that. Okay. Uh, so the second issue is the Batwing glider, which is actually available in the mm-hmm. store right now, because uh, because not everything is going to be exclusive. Only the armored Batman you get at the end is exclusive. Okay. Um, so not all of them are skins, but uh, if you put in the code for the Batwing glider and then you buy the Batman bundle after, you save money. It's cheaper. Okay. It's it's cheaper. Um, okay. Yeah, so I'll I'll probably have some spare codes to go around for some folks, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a we know it's a backlighter this week uh, for this issue. The next issue is Catwoman's Grappler. That's going to go mm. with a Catwoman bundle. So Catwoman's coming to the game. Buying that. And the rumor is that the fourth issue is going to be a Deathstroke uh, skit. Buying that. Michelle. All right. And the pro- and the problem is we're the last thing like fortnite like they again they put effort like all the skins are like the best looking like versions of the characters like domino like i love playing as domino because it's like that's like that's like what a domino would look like or a poison ivy or like uh like like any of the marvel characters any of the dc characters are they're beautiful also keanu reeves is in the game that's cool halle berry's in the game some of, some of the so best, dumb some of the best character models in games you see anywhere like the she hulk is like the best she hulk like ever made like it's, for real it's, like it's wild yeah um so i played a lot of that i've been playing a lot of avengers because again that's a game uh uh, not a lot to do, but they are do they're they are updating it. So there is a Black Widow event happening right now because the movie was supposed to come out this week if it was originally coming out, but they didn't push the event. Um, if you do a bunch of missions, then like you get like a Black Widow like name tag, and I'm like, okay, sure, I guess I'll play the game for that. Um, you can buy the Red Room outfits. I thought I was gonna be unlocking the outfits, but you're not. You have to buy the outfits. You're just unlocking a nameplate. So I'm like, wow. I- kind of don't want to do this anymore but the game looks great i'm playing a superior iron man like it's still so fun to play um that wakanda stuff's happening soon so like i'm still glad i'm playing that um besides that the last two weeks i've uh, uh i've been watching a lot of dragon's den which is the uk version of shark tank but it's actually the original show because it started in like 2005 um that's a show about inventors going to a bunch of rich people that's a much better name it is a much better name yeah and like hello dragons I'm like dragon sharks are cool but like dragons come on come on fire Funny, Ryan, you bringing that up. I actually saw a clip from Dragon's Den on Nine Gag the other day. It was this hey, guy man. who was, um, who pitched his idea, oh, pitched it because he was saying like, "Look, people are taking your data. You can either, um, you can either, um, like block it and not have anyone take your data, or you can earn money from it." And he uh, got like this one dragon to be like, "Do the off the do the like the straight up offer that he came in is like, look, I'm asking for this and this." He's like, "Sure, I'll do it." Hell yeah! Some that's really cool. Like. 
the like the like the bad offers were like the dragons like get like mean and like yellow. I'm like they're funny, but also like the really inspiring ones are like really great. We're like, yeah, I think I'm gonna make you a millionaire, and I'd also like to be a millionaire. So let's make let's make history. And I'm like, oh, this is like exciting. And then like you look up the history of some of these products, and they're actually really successful mm -hmm. products and stuff. And I'm like, wow, that's that's cool sometimes. Um, so this week, um, actually a lot of my week was spent kind of sad, and it's because. Um, three of the four original members of GiantBomb.com left the website. And this is a website that's been around since 2010. But before that, these are guys that all worked at GameSpot since the early 2000s. So for me and a lot of people on the internet, I've spent literally half my life consuming entertainment by these guys every single, almost every single day since I was a teenager, right? Um, so these guys were in their 20s and now they're in their 40s. Um, they were kids and now they have kids and they're all older and like the pandemic really messed them all up because I all had to work from home. And it's a thing where it's, it's hard to talk about because it's like, it's like, what if like the MCU just stopped making movies? It's not something you think about. It's just like, these are guys who have been in my life more than any other thing in my life in terms of entertainment. There are podcasts that I listen to multiple times a week because I have three different podcasts. There are a, a weekly uh, live show. There are video game uh, uh, videos and there are video reviewers and essays. And like, they're the best people in, in video games journalism. It's where Austin Walker and mm -hmm. uh, Patrick Klepe come from. Waypoint wouldn't be what it is without Giant Palm. And they're really like the pioneers of video game journalism. Um, and it was just really cool. And it was really sad to see these guys be like, you know, I've done this for like almost 20 years and like, I feel bad leaving, like leaving to like raise a family. Cause like so many people rely on us for like doing the stuff. And it's like, it's just so interesting to grow up with people and see them just like get old. And it's just really, really, really fascinating. And it's never happened to me in terms of anything like this. Again, it's like, I guess it's like, like a Robert Downey Jr. leaving, you know, Iron Man. It's like, oh, like that's, I don't know the guy, but I feel connected to this guy. I've spent tens of thousands of hours listening and watching these guys and it's like three of the four of them are leaving now and it's like man that's a part of my life that's just going to be gone yeah. and it's like all week again because i released three different podcasts where they talk about it and i'm like wow this is it's going to be an interesting next week because a staple of my life that's been there since i was 14 is not going to be there anymore and i just it's it was it was a really reflective week and how much i I love that company and how much it meant to so many people and how foundational they were for video game journalism and how it evolved because it's crazy to think about, but like long form video reviews and like, like let's plays didn't exist 10 years ago. I know it's hard to believe, but like, these were the guys who, who created this shit. Um, and it's just really cool to see like a legacy, like kind of end. And it's like one of the final lines that uh, Jeff Gersman, the founder said was like, man, like, I guess some things don't last forever. And that really mm -hmm. sucks. Yeah, and because they've been friends for like 20 years. And I'm like, oh, wow, uh, the next week's going to be rough, I think. Um, and a lot of people on the internet express that love. Yeah. And uh, and it's uh, Giant Bomb's <laughs> the best video game website that will ever exist. And like the, the personalities and the realness and like they are so anti-corporate bullshit. Like I like IGN, I like GameSpot, but there is always a bit of corporate stuff behind them that's just always kind of icky. Whereas these guys will tell you, yo, this game sucks and we don't care who's who hears it. Um so there's to Giant Bomb. I love them. It's great. Uh, next week's going to be weird not hearing the same podcast that I have mm -hmm. since I was a kid. It's uh, it's really interesting where we're in this you know age of of a new kind of social celebrity mm -hmm. who you are. They are accessible. They are people who you will, in case some cases, spend weeks with every single week. 
uh, being aware of them, interacting with them on the internet and mm -hmm. all, all that, especially when they're really popular and everything. And it it's bizarre to think about when that, that will come to an end your social relationship. I mean, and yeah. that's not really true. Like these guys are still going to be on Twitter. Like yeah, if you're yeah. following them, you can still follow them. You can still interact with them, like yeah. things they like, but it is interesting when it like becomes that. Um, and, and, you know, we're going to see in the next 10 years, even more of that, where like these people who like their, their home base is established on the internet, who they are mm -hmm. is very accessible, very present, very known. Mm -hmm. uh, and, watching that relationship at least the dynamic as it has existed and is interesting yeah um and yeah like you know what wild to think about even wild to think about like you know not that we have a following like giant bomb but like what what it'll be like when you know most of us are this is it this is the yeah. time this is done and that 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 chapter just ends is very fascinating it's something that i don't think like we've we've fully understood how uh impactful that is for a lot of people because it hasn't started happening in in major waves yet yeah yeah like inter yeah internet celebrity yeah it's yeah. very very true um yeah like like when youtubers like start retiring and stuff like that's gonna be kind of weird because like oh man we're we're definitely getting older man it's, it's crazy it's that's what it was it was me i think just realizing oh i'm really getting older because mm. i was a teenager when i was listening to these guys and now they sure. all, they all have children and they have gray hair and i'm like getting old and i'm like oh wow it's, yeah. it's crazy. you know it, it's especially like you know the popular ones the really like big channels mm -hmm. um when because like but there are many youtube channels and youtube celebrities that can just kind of like they have their day in the sun and then they go into obscurity and then you don't yeah. know what happened to them again but this is this is something else entirely it, it really yeah. is the new the modern version of when you you know like what our parents probably had which is you know if they had a regular news channel that they tuned into they had the regular anchor that they were used to that they liked and that and this is john stewart yeah stopping the oh, daily yeah, show 100 you know but but in our generations like real effective impactful like that that's what this is um this is that kind of like oh that's done this mm -hmm. thing that ran for like a big chunk of my life is that's over yeah you know um, yeah to add to this it kind of i i it words use them uh i it kind of reminds me when vince scully announced his retirement from the dodgers i know it's a sports thing but mm -hmm. he was announcing every single almost every single dodger game since 1954 yeah he's been with the dodgers since they were in brooklyn and they moved to la he's been with so 2016 or 17 when he announced his retirement everyone was like this is weird like don't get me yeah. wrong, we like the new guy who who um, took his place, but still, it's like he's been uh, the voice in our living room for over fifty years. It would it it, it you know it, it it'd be similar to when Craig Ferguson retired, um, mm -hmm. or when um, well Trebek passed away, but yeah. Sajak on Wheel of Fortune, if he retired. Letterman, yeah. Letterman yeah. for some generations. Yeah, but I think the thing that's so interesting about it is because it is this internet celebrity, there's a different kind of connectivity yeah. because yeah. you are able to directly, especially if you were there in the early days mm -hmm. when, you know, before they're big, they're very responsive to you. Like they have um, live, like every, every podcast that they do and every live show they do have a chat. And like, I've been in, I can't even tell you how many hours of chats, I've uh, chat rooms I've been in like with their live shows and like the community and like, it's just like right. It's like the it's like the next generation uh, is going to happen, and it's like wow, man. It's like because it's being connected <laughs> into them and being connected into the community that is part of them mm -hmm. with with yourself, and and that doesn't happen in all those examples that we're saying. It's like, and that's the part that's really and it's fascinating, not it's not that so we're in that new era of these people 
who you are able to have a direct relationship with. Yeah, and it's not like a 30-minute show every week. It is, it's 10 hours of content spread throughout all the, every week. Right. Yeah. Like, I, like, I'm not exaggerating. Like, I, I consumed, like, a dozen hours of these guys every week, probably since I was, a ch- like, a kid. Like, yeah, yeah. it's so crazy to me that this era is, uh, is, like, over. It's never, again, being in the internet, like, nothing like this has happened yet because it's not old enough to happen. Right. And these guys have been around since, like, Jeff Gersman, the founder of the company, has been at GameSpot since, like, 1999. Like, that dude's, like, he's he's older, and, like, he's still the one at the company because he's Mr. Video Games. Uh, but, man, like, I'm just – it's also very exciting to see who the next generation is because, again, like, Austin Walker and Patrick Klepek, who, mm-hmm. are, who are much younger than them but, like, are the next generation of great journalists. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is very exciting for the future, but, man, it's, like, like the end of, a like, a 15-year era is over, man. It's just yeah. wild. Yeah. And that's that was my week, just reminiscing about all that good stuff. Yeah. Sparks, since you're on the same screen. Sure, I'll my mine as well. Um, I don't have a lot, uh, but I'm probably gonna embellish on some of what I got. Uh so just like me. Um uh I did a lot of schoolwork. Um things are ramping into uh final projects. I'm now behind like I, I'm basically ahead of the worst of it now because I really only have one major thing to think about at this point, which is great. Um, but uh this week was kind of the hell of getting to that point. So I didn't have a lot of downtime, and what downtime I did, I, I usually was giving to Megan. There was a little bit here and there where I could work on an assignment, and I didn't need to put a lot of attention to to it. And during that time, I was doing catch-up on the CW shows. Um, I didn't get super far, but just a little further because I'm, I'm not all the way there yet. Legends is back, and I haven't even touched the new season yet. Um, Black Lightning's also ending soon, which is a bummer in its own way. Uh, I watched Vivi, another episode. Um, it's the closest that it's come to convincing me I want to keep watching it. And I'll say that about this last episode. Uh, uh, it's not bad. It's just there. other anime have grabbed me better. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's nothing, there is nothing that I could tell you is like, this show is bad. Like I'm having trouble engaging with the protagonist. Um I, I find the world and the concept interesting, but the main character is hard for me to latch into. I, it's not caring about, it's like understanding enough about. Um, so that's that's where the struggle is, but this last episode was was certainly like the most interesting because we got a whole lot of new concept stuff and uh, and it it showed the greatest potential so far of what the show could be. So I'm I'm still kind of biding my time with that um i i spent a little bit of time on may 4th to watch the force awakens from its nap which is the new maggie simpson short for star wars um Mm. which is cute it's fun it's totally harmless and i think has the most important thing it can have which is basically there's this part did anyone else watch this i didn't even know it came up okay um so there's basically this part where it's, I forget the name of the baby, uh, but the baby that Maggie, Maggie is always a rival with um, is like Darth mauled up. And it looks like uh, they, they kill, kill Maggie. Um, and then BB-8 goes to investigate. And then Maggie emerges with like Yoda ears and like a lot of force power. And BB-8 kind of has this expression that turns into a question mark, which is basically like, why is this even happening? What is this? And then Maggie's like, hold on, and then accuse the Star Wars, like, scroll. Mm-hmm. And it basically just says in big letters, Star Wars rules. Like, everything's <laughs> just cool yeah. about Star Wars. And it lists, like, three major reasons Star Wars is dope. 
and then it just ends on the beautiful sunset with her and BB-8. And I'm like, okay, fair point. Like they do just a lot of fun Star Wars gags, and I'm like, this is this mm. is pretty good. This is just saying, uh, hey, Star Wars is pretty great, and we got the opportunity to do some cool Star Wars visual gags. Everybody likes Star Wars. Like, calm down, baby, <laughs> like, baby, baby. This didn't Yoda. have to have a greater purpose yeah, or yeah. mean anything. And I thought that was that was kind of nice. Uh, Is Gerald the baby's the, the rival baby's pretty name? Pretty sure that's the name of the baby. Yeah. Thank you, Mag. Thank you, Mag. Um, uh, I watched a lot of Shit's Creek um, because when I had downtime with Megan, that's what she wanted to do. She wanted to watch Shit's Creek. So we've gotten pretty deep into that. We're in, we're in season four. It's a fun show. Um, I recommend it. It's it's definitely engaging and, and worthwhile. I, I like it. Um, it's got good humor. It's got uh, probably the best use of Chris Elliott, I think, ever. And I say that because this is probably one of the only things I think he's ever been allowed to be non-eccentric and just feel like, like he's goofy, but n- not in anything that doesn't feel like a person. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like he feels like a real dude. He usually is like Which wild. Chris Elliott is usually yeah. forced into being his character actor self and very eccentric, even on How I Met Your Mother. That was the take case. Take my small, take take my strong hand. Take my, yeah. Um, but here he's he just feels the holiday, right? He's Chris, in no, uh, you're, you're thinking of the guy who plays David. Oh, um, I know him from there's something about uh, Chris Elliott is uh, Chris Elliott is Lily Aldrin's dad on How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, oh, is, oh, you, oh, have you ever seen Scary Movie too? If you, oh, look, yeah, he's yeah, the yeah. guy with the small he's the guy hand. With the bad hand. <laughs> right, um, right, right. Yeah, yeah, so he's a character actor, and he's usually that kind of guy, <laughs> like blown out of proportion, silly. Here, he just feels like Walter from the Muppets. Is he the voice of Walter? Yes, he's the voice of Walter from the book. What? Wow, I didn't know that. Amazing. Uh, Good for him. Learn something new every day. (laughs) Um, Wow, that's crazy. Okay, uh, but like, it's just nice to see him get to do that. Uh, I recommend Schitt's Creek. Schitt's Creek is a is a pretty easy to like watch show um, and keep up with. So I didn't have any time for Pokemon Snap this week. Couldn't make any time to get back to it, which is fine. Um, It'll be there. Pokemon Snap requires me to like actually want to engage with it visually, but you know what doesn't? Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. Pokemon <laughs> Let's Go Pikachu I can play while I'm watching something like Shit's Creek, no problem. Mm-hmm. So I probably put like a good ten hours into Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu <laughs> this week, my friends. There you go. Um, How many badges do you have? This is huh? How many badges do you have? Four. Okay. Um, uh, my friends, I am definitely in a Pokemon essence. Um. I have taken people down with me. Uh, I felt more, it. More than one person in my life has re-picked up Pokemon Go because of me right now. Um, and I can't tell you, this is like my last thing to talk about. So uh, I can't tell you exactly what the reason is. I think it's some combination of this. We read Little Char and the Gang and I was like, oh yeah, Pokemon. That's pretty neat. Pikachu. And then, and then I watched Detective Pikachu again and I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Pokemon's pretty neat. <laughs> it is. And then Pokemon Snap came out, and I wasn't originally even going to get it the week that it came out. But I had the money to spend on it because of gift cards, and I'm like, you know what? Pokemon Snap it is. I, I want that nostalgia trip. Give me that drug. And I'm just in full-blown. Yeah, Pokemon, time time to catch them all. Time to do what I never did, which is finish a Pokemon gotta game. Catch them all. Gotta catch them all. Uh, any Pokemon game, because I've, I've never done it. I've never finished them. Any of them? Um, not a one. Hot dog. Uh, so now it's time. Um, 
and I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying having the opportunity to do something like Let's Go Pikachu while I'm while I'm watching Shit's Creek to be engaging with it on some level, to have Snap sitting there to be thinking about what else I'm going to do with it. Uh, it's a nice place to be that's scratching some very specific itch that Lil Char and the gang definitely started. To extrapolate on Sparks' Pokesons, he even met, it was a it was a bit of a trip. I was at work and I get a text message from just him, it wasn't in the thread, of, hey Ben, what Pokemon games do you have? I'm like, hmm, <laughs> this is interesting. So I give him a list of all the Pokemon games I currently own, or at least thought I own, because it turns out I don't own Diamond anymore, which breaks my heart. And I send it to him, and then he's like, cool. Well, next time you go out to uh, Frankenstein's, if you're game hunting, look for these games. And they're all games that I have the opposite of. And I'm thinking, huh. And I thought maybe he's, I don't know why he's looking for these. And then I start talking a bit more. He's like, yeah, I want to get through these, and uh, I want to maybe trade. I'm like, yay. It's like that It's like that meme from Leah DiCaprio in, D- in Django where he goes, you will? Uh, real quickly. Uh, I'm so sorry. This guy looks a lot like Christopher Elliott, though. It's not. That's like on the same level as me with the with the Ezra Miller thing that happened in our Invincible episode, <laughs> where I'm like, yo, I'm pretty impressed with Ezra Miller right now. Not anymore. This is, this is definitely a, a guy. Look, in my head, this they look identical, so I apologize. <laughs> I believe you. Bro, I totally get it. I appreciate you looking it up. Um, I, I will say that I'm I'm very aware in this moment that Pokemon is tied to something else that's happening with me where I I don't can't put my finger on it, but I'm just very much in a like I can just catch up on the things I consume the things I've put off and always wanted to do. And I need to make time for those things because I keep saying like eventually I'm gonna do the dive on X or Y or whatever it is, not referring to Pokemon specifically, though I can see how you would think that. Um mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I very much want to do that. And so Pokemon has kind of become part of that. It's not something where I'm going to go like hard immediately all through it. In, I'll tell you what, cause if you, because, because I need miles. Well, uh, not just that, I, but if you play like six Pokemon games in a row, you'll very quickly realize, oh wow, these are all the same. These game. are all the same game. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll get I'm, bored. <laughs> I am certain it will be spaced out. I'm certain I'm just riding a high at this moment, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but it's a high I, I want to ride for a while. Um, but you, you, you can't see it, but Miles is sitting right here because I really desperately wanted to get to it this week, and I just didn't have the time. But but this coming week, I'm sitting down for some Miles Morales, let me tell you what. Um, uh, but it's it's also like in the back of my head, it's, uh, it's Star Trek, it's Gundam, it's these other things where I'm like, oh, I need to really actually commit to, mm-hmm. to investing the time mm-hmm. to do these things. Perhaps um, maybe Voltron? I feel like I have to rewatch everything <laughs> at this point. Maybe not season one. I think I remember season one pretty well. Um, yes, yes, I do want to re-engage with Voltron. I let that slip a little too far away from me. Sliptron. Um, but that's my week. Uh, I'm just I'm very much in a in a Pokemon moment, and I'm very happy to watch other people go down in flames with me. Go down with me. <laughs> yeah. Or better yet, I challenge you to a Pokemon battle. <laughs> I put uh uh Megan Megan has picked up Pokemon Go again. She's also started playing Cafe Mix oh, on her Switch. Uh-huh. Uh and I it's a matter of time before she's playing Snap. Oh real quick, who's your team? Who's your who's your lineup? Uh Valor is Valor red? Yeah. Yeah. Team Valor all the way. No, I'm, not sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, um in in Eevee, Pikachu, Pokemon. 
Oh, oh like, you're who do I have? Yeah, who, who's your fighting team? Who's your fighting team? Oh, man, I, I swap around a lot. Oh. I've got a lot of strong levels, and I base it around types. Mm. But uh, my strongest are Pikachu, and then well, Ven- yeah. Venusaur. Um, my Mew is pretty strong. Did you uh, get a Mew that early? Uh, Pokeball plus controller. Oh, it's a cheat! Uh, it's a cheat! <laughs> Um, Actually, no, that's right, because I think I have Mew too, but we just never used them. Because um, I, I, I gave, a, for, I gave Danny for Christmas the Pokemon Plus controller. So nice. I have a very powerful Arcanine mm-hmm. and a very powerful Sandslash. Because Sand Sandshrew and Sandslash are two of my favorites. I think I'm a, I think I'm a wait when that. What's it called? Like like a, a super super sexy diamond? What's it called? Uh, brilliant, brilliant diamond, diamond and shining pearl. pearl. I think I'm a. I think I'm a. I'm definitely gonna get that one. I prefer oh, Ryan's title, actually. Super sexy mm-hmm. diamond. Yes. <laughs> I think that's the one I'm gonna plunge. That's on. that's part of the reason I'm doing this is because I want to I want to be through something to jump onto that bandwagon. Mm-hmm. I feel you. No, actually, now that Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl are coming out, that makes me happy. So I could get Diamond and not get the original DS game, which I, apparently I now can vividly remember the day I sold along with my silver version cartridge because the save battery died in that well damn well if the same oh. battery if the same thing doesn't work then it's useless well yeah i mean you okay. can get it fixed now but i didn't know that back then nah. gotcha. yeah ben you want to go next yeah i will definitely go next so my week was a combination of stuff that uh, i was watching a whole bunch of stuff because we have a we're can we do we have announced the new fake nerds watch or do we not see oh, it? Oh yeah, it's up it's coming up this week, Invincible. Mm-hmm. Uh season one is our, oh. our the fake nerds watch special. <laughs> yeah. I thought so for a second, I, like, wait, there's another one? What are we talking about? Minute. So I binged the rest of Invincible. Holy crap, that's an amazing show. All my thoughts on that show, but it was awesome. I was up till five o'clock in the morning one day watching it, just like trying to get to one more episode. And also I was preparing because Fanny and I are now official cat parents. We have a fur baby. If you follow me on Instagram and Twitter, I'm just flooding my um, I'm just flooding my my pages with, with pictures timeline. of Suki. My timeline, thank you. I'm flooding my timeline with pictures of Suki. She is freaking adorable. Um, so yeah. Uh, yesterday was her first full day here at the house, and um, I was while well, I was trying to I was trying to be in the same room with her and make sure she's cool and comfortable because she's a brand, she's a kitten, she's young, she doesn't, she's in new surroundings, she's like skittish. So I took that time to catch up on some of my comic books. I didn't get through a whole chunk, but I did catch up on Sonic the Hedgehog and I finished Marnius Calgar. God damn it, Ryan, I think I'm, I want to play the game now. Um, you're officially uh, ahead of me, my man. I got to catch up. I forgot. Oh, yeah. I forgot comics existed. Uh, that's great. Um, Warhammer is way too expensive. Uh, so I'll get you in some video games before we get into some tabletops. Well, I saw you had a um, someone got you a set of the army of like yeah the, myself. The, I bought it. Oh, you bought that? Okay, yeah. yeah. You, I remember you posted that. And I'm like the emperor is pleased. Yeah, and now I, I'm like, okay, I just need to get the opposite army of you now. I, I only bought three figures because they're very expensive. Um, and I already broke off one of the little pieces because it's, it's very hard to put together for your first time. Uh, but I painted it, and it looks kind of shitty, but it's my first time, so whatevs. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm now I'm glad, on... I'm glad you're on the, the Warhammer train, though. It makes me happy. Yeah, I, I want to start getting into Warhammer a little bit more. I, I love Marnius Calgar. I love that book. Um, I'm like, I'm just reading this. I'm like, damn it, Ryan, you freaking got me. It's, a, it's just a so, cool universe. It sells yeah, itself. so now every time I see something, I'm like, hmm someone's uh talking mad heresy and uh hammer distance <laughs> yeah, yeah 
I mean, I know I'm not fully engrossed in Warhammer, but the memes are starting to make a little bit more sense now, which absolutely, makes me, which makes me laugh. So, um, besides uh, catching up some of the comic books, I also played a little bit more of Metroid: Samus Returns for my 3DS, and I absolutely love that game. Although I'm in a one spot that's a little difficult, I can't figure it out because I killed a Metroid, and then I realized I was stuck in a room that had lava on both sides of me, and I didn't have a, and I don't have a suit that repels lava damage. So I have to go out one way is like the out way out, but I die every time I get to a certain point and I try to go, I just try to backtrack the long way. Guess what? You still die. So I had to kill my game and start my last save, which was right before I killed the Metroid. So it's like, damn, there goes that idea. Well, now, you know, and now exactly yeah, that. Anyways, Metroid Sense Returns. Awesome. Um, I also recorded a new episode of Basement Arcade Pause Mini with my buddy Todd the Top Loader. He's on YouTube. Go ahead and check him out. He is an awesome dude all the way from Australia. That was fun to try to uh, coordinate schedules. It was like 3 o'clock where he was, and it was 9 o'clock here when we were were recording. Amazing. Yeah, and we talked talked about video game collecting. That episode will hopefully be up this Friday. If it doesn't, it'll come up the Friday after. Um, It was a great conversation. I had a blast. And he challenged me that after I'm done playing Metroid Samus Returns, he challenged me to play A Link to the Past, because I've never played Link to the Past, and one of my favorite Legend of Zelda games is A Link Between Worlds, which is a spiritual successor. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird that you have a blind spot there. Yeah. I have a blind spot with a lot of Zelda games. I never played Oracle of Ages or Oracle of Seasons, and those are some amazing games from what I've heard. But I finally yep. played Link's Awakening now. I finally played Link's Awakening. I beat Link's Awakening. It, it was a Switch version, but I did play, beat it and I did play it. Nice. Yeah. I'll tell and, the I'll tell the Zelda Council. Don't worry. Yeah. And uh, just one last last little tidbit. Um, so I went and saw my mom today, and we just went through some of her stuff. And also, she gave me this ring, which which belonged to my great grandfather on my dad's side. Apparently, my grandmother wanted to pass this down to me, and it's now finally in my possession. This ring. Nice. Yeah, this was his uh, wedding ring, so I kind of now have a family heirloom. Which Are is you going to keep, keep it secret, keep it safe? Yes, I am. And also, it's funny, because he had a tiny finger, and this only fits my pinky. You know who else might have tiny fingers? Hobbits. Well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, for you audio listeners, uh, ben, ben lifted up the actual ring. He, he showed it. So, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, it looks like the ring of power. It, it's just a gold. It's just it's just a standard gold wedding band. It's nothing's too special. But it belonged to my great great grand or my great grandfather. I'm a great great. It belonged mm-hmm. to my. Uh, it belonged to a family member that another family member wanted me to have. So I now have it, and I'm like, this is a nice little piece of my family history. I'm glad I have it now. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. My turn. And also, I have a cat. She's adorable. I'm done. Okay. Um. All right. I I started watching a YouTube channel called Random Hands, and I just want to shout out to that YouTube channel, which is this guy, which is about a guy who gets uh, old, rusted uh, pieces of metal, uh, be it like um, uh, rusted bolts or rusted bearings or or, or, um, uh, train tracks, and he turns them into swords and knives and one time a... um, a, a lighter um, katanas and and Viking swords. He also restores things, and it's it's been really calming because <laughs> it's just it's just it, there's no audio. The, the only audio is the dudes like tools, and it's just kind of nice to sit there and just watch 
this dude like sands some metal <laughs> blacksmith asmr yeah it's been really nice um we're subscribed to it now so sorry <laughs> i'm gonna watch more nice <laughs> it's like that one guy who restores video game consoles have you guys seen those videos where no. a guy like restores a video game like a completely busted or dirty video game console and restores it to nope. full work no. capacity. I, I love Brandon's response though, where he's just like, no, I'm a fake nerd. <laughs> I watch a blacksmith. I sir. watch blacksmith ASMR. <laughs> Excuse you. I'm a man. <laughs> Working on any yes. Not for me. Um it's anyway, it's just more really in a cartridge. Get out of here. <laughs> Um, it's just been really soothing. Like you know, he he puts the he like he like sa- he like saws them down and like makes the uh, like puts them in vices and like does woodworking to make like katana handles. And I'm like, this is really soothing. I'm into I'm this for you. Um, I also watched a movie in the movie theater. We went to our local movie theater. Um, it's a Century Cinemas for those of you who care. Um. And we watched a movie with Billy Crystal and Tiffany Haddish. I don't know if you guys know, I've heard about this movie, but it's called Here Today. Nope. Anybody heard of this movie? Uh, I heard about Billy Crystal talking about this movie. Oh, let's not. Oh, I didn't um, see that. It's perfectly serviceable. Cool. Mm-hmm. I saw um, like half, or I saw like three seconds of a trailer, and then hit the skip button on my my, my mom said that the, the the trailer was so funny, was super hilarious. And the only thing I have seen about the movie was an Instagram ad that had Billy Crystal and Tiffany Haddish say, hey, we're doing a movie. Go see it in theaters. And that was it with no clips for the movie. Advertising. So like, wow, this looks really funny. I don't understand what this is. It's about a dude who has dementia. It's about Billy Crystal, who's an agent comic who has dementia. Um, oh. And he's losing his mind while his family t- pushes away from him. Um, and Tiffany Haddish has, uh, kind of becomes his like friend and caregiver. Um, it's very sad and competently made. And utterly forgettable. Cool. So, you know, there you go. So, Rousing endorsement. What's it called? Here today? Here today, yeah. So he was gone tomorrow. Rip. Sorry, Billy. You know what? I, I, mean, was... I mean, after that interview, he was to some people. <laughs> what, yeah, what did he say? He said that, like, uh, comedy's a minefield. Yes, uh, yeah, he I see that. he basically he called comedy a minefield, and he he's like, I understand it, but I also think it's wrong. And I'm like, cool, man. I mean, you don't really get to decide what offends people. Yeah, I, lo- I always like when when an old comedian does that, and everyone's like John Mulaney. Um, I started reading since the since the TV show is over. I started reading the Invincible Compendium, Volume One. Uh, Invincible has three compendiums that collect about forty eight issues uh, each. Um, it's like, a like weightlift with that thing. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of worried about it being like like inaccessibly large to read uh, mm-hmm. because I do find Omnis Omnibus uh, books to be uh, inaccessible a lot of the time, um, but. The soft cover kind of the soft cover format of the compendiums does counteract the problems that an omnibus has, so you are able to like spread it open and and read the pages. So I'm not having any trouble with that. I'm really happy to find out. I'm only about a third in, which means I've just read issue 17 of 47. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's very good. I yeah. really like it. Um, Robert Kirkman is a writer who never really connected with me. I was not into The Walking Dead. Um, I really never read the comic. Um, watch the show for a bit. Um, I read Outcast. 
I liked Outcast. I didn't love Outcast. I read an Oblivion song. I liked it, but I didn't love it. So like, he's kind of a writer who's just kind of like has had a hard time. I've had a hard time connecting with Invincible from the get go, and maybe it's because I love the show so much. But I was hooked. Um, I, I I love it. It's kind of like with Kieran Gillen with Once in Future. Mm-hmm. Go away. So okay. got, sorry, got bugs. Yeah, same same here. Um, so really like it. Um, I just finished. I I think I'm almost done with the plot lines that are in season one. But there's still a couple that are missing. So we'll see how far. Uh, I just did a I, I just did. I watched a, a Robert Kirkman interview uh, with Kevin Smith. And it's <laughs> it's not a good interview on Kevin Smith's end. Um, thank God Mark Menard is there uh, because all Kevin Smith does is just like say how rich he is. And like, and it's just like, he's a bad interviewer now, especially cause he's like, I, I love marijuana, but that dude's high literally all the time also during interviews. And it just, he makes for poor interviews and he's like, so, so Robert, if they canceled season two and they decided to make a live action, who would you cast? And like those yeah. kind of questions. And I was like, man, that's, that's wild. Um, but the thing about Robert Kirkman, that was a long way to get there. Sorry. Um, he's so humble and he's so, he's so nice. And yeah, he's like the richest dude on the planet, but like him talking about, like he was like 23 years old when he wrote the walking dead and invincible back to back. Those comics came out six months apart from each other. And that dude was like, I wasn't, I wasn't concerned about long form storytelling. I was concerned about paying my rent. And that's not him. That's not him saying like he didn't have a good time, but like he wasn't thinking of the end goal as he was writing the first like year of those comics. And now I'm just thinking like where those empires have both gone. Mm-hmm. And that dude's just really talented. And that's that dude like under pressure. He works really well. And he's like, he kind of does that to himself. He always puts himself under pressure to make things the best that he can be. But like he kind of doesn't have to, but like we're all procrastinators and that it turns things into diamonds. Right. Um, it's a good interview on his end. I think you should watch it. Uh, everyone here and listening to the podcast. Definitely Robert Kirkman's like a good guy. Um, I also read, uh, cause I'm not picking up new comics for the month, uh, since I'm away from my, uh, from my home, from where I live, I'm away from my comic book store. Um, so I'm just going through the back catalog. Uh, but before I came home, I came to my parents' place. I did pick up Robin number one. So I read that this week as well. Oh, I want it so bad. Uh, by Joshua Williamson. That's awesome. And, That's really cool. And the artist who I mean, I'm there for the artist. I don't even care about who's writing it. I apologize. I don't know what I'll Glenn Menkelov. Thank you. Um, yeah, it, it's um, Joshua Williamson kind of became an unsung hero of the New 52 with the Flash run. Um, mm-hmm. No pun intended. The the, the Flash run kind of as it was ending, everyone was kind of like the rebirth. The rebirth. Thank you. Because um, Francis Manipole did New 52. Yeah. Um, he, uh, for rebirth, for rebirth Flash, as it was ending, a lot of people were started talking about like, hey, this has been like solid throughout. Um, it was kind of the the unsung gem of the of the rebirth era. Um, yeah, uh, I regret not staying with that book. Me too. Um, I, I do intend to go back, but so I've been really interested in what he'd do next. And apparently, he's always wanted to write Damian Wayne, um, and it shows. There's a lot of love for Damian, who is my favorite Robin uh, in this book. Um, I really like Patrick Leeson's uh, Patrick Leeson's run on Batman and Robin, where he wrote Damian. So I'm kind of hoping there's going to be some character show up. Like nobody, um, but solid first issue. One of the best first issues of the uh, Infinite Frontier um, line so far, I think. Yeah. Um, and the the ending is shocking. I was uh, the very rarely have I been shocked by the end of a comic book, and but this one I was like, oh shit, okay. Yeah, um, uh, Gleb is a is an up and coming artist. Um, he's really really funny on Twitter. You guys yeah. should follow him on Twitter if you don't. Um, he's really. 
Uh, he's really uh, no-nonsense, kind of dark, silly. Um, but yeah, like his art's like a very unique style that like it's it's I, I don't see very many people draw like him. So like I'm always gravitated towards his work. And like this is his first like actual ongoing. Um, I just haven't been to the store, but like I'm glad people are responding to it. He's got a really cool design for Robin uh, yeah. that I really that I really like. Um, real quickly, I'm going to look something up so I don't have egg on my face this time. Thank you. Eggs. Um, yum 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 oh, eggs. I hope that's right. Okay, uh, I also read DC's Dead Planet by Tom Taylor, and I hope Trevor Hairsign. Yeah. yeah, 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 Hairsign, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, guess um, what? The book is good. I've been I've been waiting for the hardcovers because I have the hardcovers for the first two volumes, Unkillables and DCs, and they they they're doing the thing I love, where the hardcovers are all uniform and they got the same like design and they look good together. Um, DC's Dead Planet rules. Uh, I didn't expected to surpass the first book so easily um there are some character beats that were enhanced because i read unkillables which is which has uh cassandra kane jason todd and gordon that's their book um they have that little three issue spinoff um so like having some of those characters pay off um it, it it just reinforces my idea that tom taylor is the perfect voice for john kent especially he's got a great voice for that character that's why uh, i'm so stoked for that new book like this is the book that sold me on his new book me too um even without reading it i was sold on it because i i just yeah. knew yeah. um so yeah i really i really loved it um more than i loved the first book uh it, it's it's kind of everything you, you want in a dc comic especially yeah. with legacy heroes yeah uh, uh i yeah i i reiterate what you said yeah um uh the thing he does with constantine in this book is so crazy so like, cool it's, it's nothing nothing it's such a character not like a shift it's just something that like man constantine really will do whatever it takes to save the world yeah. and it's just really really exciting to see when when it's an elseworld story that could mean whatever it wants and like as you read brandon like it's it's extreme it's very the, extreme the things he he's able to do such unique things with um man what happens to Diana in the first issue of Wonder Woman uh, is in, is so out of left field that you just didn't think it was going to happen. There's so many interesting takes with um, Scott, uh, mm -hmm. Scott Free, with um, Kid Flash, Wallace West gets some gets some play in this book. Um, Harley and Ivy are really good in this book. Swamp Things in this book. Doctor Fate, uh, Phantom Stranger, so many cool. Uh, he's just able to pull some really cool places. Uh, that these characters could go go in and characters that you don't necessarily see often in the DC universe. Mm -hmm. um, really, there's a really cool scene with the Spectre that I won't spoil, but it's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I really loved it. He's playing very coy about a third DC's volume. Um, I guess it would be a fifth, actually. I just hope at World's End is coming soon. Um, but like a sequel to Dead Planet, uh, I don't see how he doesn't do a sequel to Dead Planet. Yeah, especially because it's, it's critically done well and it's financially done well. Um, yeah. And again, like I remember when this was first announced, like the very, very first one, it's like, oh, it's like it's DC zombie book. I'm like, do we really need this? Yeah. Any idea yes, can did. be great. Any idea can be great. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are places that this that this book doesn't finish um, that you're just like, yeah, we can. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's have a third one. Mm -hmm. um, so that now the two biggest things that I did to wrap up, I've watched all five episodes of superman and lois on hbo max nice um it is available on hbo max commercial free um it rules welcome um, welcome to the party we weren't lying <laughs> yeah i really like it there's some really cool stuff with uh with these characters such as sam lane has a really cool character arc so far 
Um, it's just the first five episodes. I do have some gripes of like having watched Crisis, especially, and the show being wholly uninterested in dealing with the fact that Clark Kent went from having a newborn son to twin teenagers in a, like a day. It's it's important to emphasize, I think, to you because you're not watching the other shows that none of the shows are really big on referencing anything related to each other right now because of the pandemic. Sure. Like nobody knew when they were going to air when they were making the episodes. So nobody was comfortable saying the state of wider things for a mm. while. So that's definitely a factor on all of them. So certainly on Superman and Lois, especially because Superman and Lois is a, is the new show on the block. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, the cinematography as we saw in the trailers definitely is really unique to something that I've ever seen on the CW. It does kind of feel like it's a show that belongs on HBO max. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's it It's also, it's an interesting way to adapt Superman with kids because Jonathan Kent is John Kent's name only. Um, and giving him twins is obviously moving into Smallville is all very different. Um, I, I'm really impressed with how they were have been able to handle it, um, and it's such a unique take, even to comics. Uh, yes, for the Superman. Yes, uh, yeah, I, I think they've done a lot of really cool stuff with it. Um, now, now you've seen, and I love the bit when he catches the bridge above the fisherman. Oh he yeah, anyways. And but there's like all the aspects to it, which is that he realizes he still has paint on him, and also he realizes he's still just holding it up with one. He's like, "Oh, what a moment!" <laughs> I mean, Tyler Hoshin keeps proving that he is such a good Superman, yeah. for real. Like, I, I I love that guy. Like, I'm so glad the wait is only what a month. Uh, end of this month, yeah. Oh, it's a couple weeks. Yeah. It's even better. Uh, I look forward to watching it uh, as it airs. Um, yeah, I'm really happy uh, I watched I'm, these episodes. I'm, I'm glad that you're you jumped on that one because I think it's really great. I think they did an excellent job with um, the opening, just establishing the tone of what the show yeah. was, uh, the the callback that everyone's talked about. Like it's, it just really emphasizes uh, a whole other side to what Hochland has been able to do as Superman that he definitely was bringing like a lot to the table in the previous appearances, but they've allowed him to really just run with the role so well yeah. uh, here in a, in a, in a funny way. Cause you know, like obviously people love Superman for like, for like how human he is, but like Superman is a, is a big blockbuster character who like he, he flies into space and he beats up big bad guys, but having the CW restraint of the budget, it allows him to just be a human being, which is really nice where he is just hanging out on a farm with his kids for most of the episode. And that's really something, like you said, like we really don't get to see that I very think, often. I think something that the show has done extremely well is that I do truly feel like he is dad Clark Kent first mm -hmm. and Superman second mm -hmm. on the show. Yeah. Um, as far as the show's priorities. And that isn't common. Um, and it's really nice to see. Yeah. Um, I really like how they're handling Jordan. Yeah. Um, I, I think that it's a really respectful way to handle like someone with that, with anxiety. And then what happens in the show? Um with that character later on, I think is really cool. Yeah. Also, they do something really interesting that I don't mind uh, talking about, but um, I, they have a, a, a kind of a subplot of like, what happens to Metropolis if Superman isn't flying around all the time? Yeah. Uh, it's a, that's a cool, that's a cool concept of, uh, yeah, you're right. I thought, I thought that was really, uh, I thought that was like when, when Sam Lane comes in and says that I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. What does happen to Metropolis if Superman's just oh. not there? Some of the best Sam Lane material in anything ever. Yeah. Yeah. 100% agree. And then I powered through and I finished 
Young Justice Season 3. Hot dog. Boy, guys. Maybe we were better off not getting a third. What happened, guys? Because, like, man, the world was so hyped. We were all, we were hyped for it. It comes out. We watch one or two episodes. Nobody talks about it ever again. No. And a fourth season is coming. Is it actually? Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I was so mad that Young Justice got canceled when I finally watched the end of season two. And then everyone was. uh, And then it comes back. And I'm like, I couldn't be more excited about it. And then I don't watch it. I haven't seen a single episode of episode three and hearing Brandon talk about, it, I was like, maybe I don't want to see episode much like sparks, three. much like sparks. I had a similar moment of like, I could just catch up on things that I like. I've been just putting off. And one of them was young justice because now that it was on HBO max, I really didn't have an excuse because I was like, well, I love the first two seasons. I don't it, really hear I anybody talking too, about it. It's, it's bizarre because it's not like season three is any longer than previous seasons. I mean, it is longer than season two. Season two was 20 episodes, but the first season was also 26 and season yes. three is 26. And it's like, you clearly knew how to handle that at some point. The this show, the plot that they choose for the show does not need to be 26 episodes. And it it, it is such a chore to get through so many episodes that oh, just man. do nothing. The budget constraints are painfully obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, McGann and Connor don't speak when they're together. They just <laughs> they they telepathically talk. Oh, that's brilliant! Wow. And I'm like, and I'm like, okay, come on. Um, so there's a lot of like, there's a lot of that. Um, they they also have half the voice cast because they couldn't get everyone back. They got obviously the main cast back, but now the main cast is not just pulling double duty; they're pulling triple, quadruple duty. Um, there was an episode where Phil Lamar was six characters in one scene. Oh no, Phil! Oh, no, too good. And that look, Phil Lamar's a great voice actor, but after a while, you start to hear him in the same voice. Yeah, yeah. Um, the guy who probably plays the most is the guy who plays Aqualad, who I who forgive me, I don't recall. Um, but he, oh, Phil Lamar's Metron. That's a pretty good voice. Um, Metron shows up in this season. Um, and they they. The, speaking of Aquaman, the, the Aqualad, they make him gay, which was kind of nice. Um, mm-hmm. Finally able to kind of have that representation. Harper Rowe, uh, Bluebird from Batman Eternal, uh, she shows up in this season. And that was kind of cool being like, I like Harper Rowe. She doesn't show I, up in the comics. Anymore. I also like Harper Rowe. Did Scott Snyder created her and then they like just like whoopsies. <laughs> yeah, she showed up. Uh, she She's just been gone in 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 um for a long time, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she shows up. She's uh, the biggest problem, though, is it doesn't need to be. It needs to be thirteen episodes. It doesn't need to introduce so many characters that you're not going to go back to, like Red Hood, um, who they are like, hmm, who is that, Master Rachel Ghoul? No one gone for the rest of the season. Oh no. Um, uh, Barbara Gordon is Oracle, and I don't mind the time skips, but you also don't need to be so edgy. Um, some of the most egregious things happen in the show, such as. Brutally murdering, murdering, <laughs> brutally murdering a character named Halo, who was a um, uh, who was a DC Comics character, who was a woman of um, Muslim descent. They do some trans allegory stuff that I think is pretty definitely handled, but many fight sequences, uh, the middle of it, she is she is killed in a bloody and gross way because part of her power is that she can come back from the dead interesting that the show is like getting edgy when like they have titans which is like the epitome of that which again like if it's doing its own thing that's well, they fine. did come at the same time um mm, okay. both of those things so they might have thought that that's 
the direction yeah or been told that's the direction you have to go that sucks um it kind of feels like they wanted to do like the jump from samurai jack season one through four to season five but they don't handle it in a in 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 the best way uh because young justice doesn't need to be so edgy i don't yeah it may be sometimes um uh, network interference is a good thing i think i think that there's definitely a lot to say about that because young justice season three and titans were tied to each other with their release yeah mm-hmm. um they were definitely aiming for the same because this was also back when it was the dc universe app yeah that's and, all thing and stuff yeah. and so like the 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 you were playing to the same audience so you were hoping that like the consistency was what would land with people so that's young so justice weird. was made to appeal to the same audience that got the fu batman robin of titans you'd think um, that like the fu batman and swamp thing would be for that crowd but then you can also get like the younger crowd with young justice so you get everybody but it, like okay yeah i don't uh, think that they anticipated that at all that they had a younger crowd honestly weird. on that on that uh app I think that they it's assume, called Young Justice. I think that they worked under an assumption that the people who have this are people who can afford to buy it themselves. These aren't parents buying a subscription service I guess, yeah. for their kids to be able to access the DC Universe exclusive. And it shows. still is like, especially not with the majority of the content being mature. Yeah, and it still is like this is like Snyder like era, right? So like, mm, I mean, like we were spilling out of it, but I, like that that was when like they were. I don't think that was the driving initiative yeah. of like we're trying to tie in with snyder because they dropped just Wien's justice league right before that so yeah. i don't think that's necessarily what was driving it but it certainly was like there was an idea of there was an idea we need to be this kind of bring this kind of maturity to all of the problems going forward it just feels so forced because you have like I, I mentioned uh samurai jack season five of samurai jack is very brutal but it's clear that that's kind of what gendy tartakovsky always wanted to do um that gendy is, is, is uh, uh put a lot of passion put the same amount of passion to season five that he did one through four it feels like um greg wiseman i i, I, I think is the showrunner for the show um he it, it feels like someone or maybe he thought it was a good idea to just be like, and in this scene, Nightwing should say uh, uh, F and then Halo gets stabbed by Lobo in a really gross way, I mm. guess. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, that was like the DC Universe like mantra is like a little bit darker. Yeah, I mean, uh, even even just going from the Doom Patrol episode of Titans to the Doom Patrol show, like, oh, it's there's, not a, even the same. there's a dourness to the characters yeah. in Titans that like, even though like they have sad, tragic backgrounds is not permeating the tone of the show mm-hmm. oh uh, that reminds me sorry uh greg sipes um okay so interestingly there's a doom patrol go sequence in the uh in the in, in young justice uh where it's the doom patrol characters uh voiced by the scene titans go character uh voice actors um uh because beast boy um is more plays a, a larger role and it's really like i mentioned there's half the voice cast so they brought in Greg Sipes, who is the voice actor for Beast Boy and Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go. He now plays Beast Boy in Young Justice, where he didn't in season two, mm-hmm. uh, one and two. So What's that was all? that was kind of jarring that now he's just Beast Boy forever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that kind of bums me out because, to be honest, I found it refreshing to have a different voice actor attached to Beast Boy on Young Justice because the Beast Boys felt different. Mm-hmm. He's all he's toning it down, and they were. I'm sure he is. Boy. I'm sure he is because, like, what he does on those shows wouldn't work here. Yeah. Uh, but it's really weird to hear that voice coming out of him, coming yeah. out of that character. Yeah, it, look, it's. I'll watch season four. I hope it's shorter. Because uh, I probably I probably could have gotten through a thirteen episode season pretty easily. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I think that's all I want to say about that one. Uh, okay, so that's should we get into... That's it really is. Should we get into our bread and butter? Yum, 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 yum. Let's do it. One second. By the way, these uh, cookies are terrible. Oh, Hershey, Hershey chip, chocolate chippies? Hershey chips ahoys. Um, I definitely Aww. want to talk about, uh, just make a brief note about some, some sad news, uh, which is the passing of Jimmy Rich. Um, I, I don't know if you guys saw this. I imagine, at least Brandon, I'm sure you did. Uh, this was Robert Downey Jr.'s assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's who that was. Okay. He was, he was in a car accident. Uh, he was 52 years old, and he died this week. Um, Robert Downey Jr. has posted a lot about him. Uh, he was like an uncle to his kids. Um, this guy was his assistant starting uh, in 2003 on Singing Detective. He was a huge part of Robert Downey Jr. getting through his recovery. Oh, that's nice. Um, and his rehab. And he has honored him very much in his passing. But it's uh, it's... This there's a lot of people from Marvel Studios talking about this guy because he was just so influentially there um, and important and integral. And I think, you know, we wouldn't have Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man in a sense without this guy. Um, And it's it's really sad to have had him taken out so young. Uh, And I find it extraordinarily human and touching how Robert Downey Jr. is being very vulnerable and honest about how important this person was to him. that he's known for over 20 years. Uh, I, I just think that's, that's really nice to see someone like him expressing that. Um, but it's also like, you know, really nice to trying to value on those kind of people uh, that can be the under the line jobs who don't get a lot of attention, usually from celebrity status that like, yeah, this is a person who meant a lot to him um, was his assistant on everything since singing detective. Uh, it's really, really sad. So I just want to spotlight that because uh, that's, that's actually like one of those unsung heroes who mm-hmm. is, in some ways responsible for the MCU. Yeah. yeah. Um, not to change the subject in a handbrake turn. Um, I remember one last thing I wanted to mention about Young Justice, which was that the um, the the show still c- continues to handle uh, legacy uh, very well, um, such as, uh, you know, Barbara Gordon was first introduced in season one, season two, she's Batgirl, season three, now she's Oracle. Um, Aqualad has now become Aquaman. Um, like, it's oh, really cool, cool that- it's really cool to see like the characters like uh, grow in, in almost real time and, and like create and become new identities. That's what I'm about. I love mm-hmm. it. Oh, spoiler is not Batgirl, like, you know, so on and so forth. Spoilers. OK, um, speaking of comic book adaptations, though, uh, Stargirl has been renewed for season three. Cool. Huzzah. Cool. People like that show. Good, good for them. I still haven't seen People. the rest of season one. Probably going to watch that this week. There you go. Like five episodes from the end. I've debated going back to it, but I don't know if it'll happen. Uh, yeah, I was. Re- I, if I recall, I was probably the most positive on it uh, on the show. Uh, yeah, you definitely were. Um, okay, and the Flash, keeping it in the Arrowverse, um, Tom Cavanaugh and Carlos Valdez have announced that they are exiting the series after season seven. So that show's ending soon, right? Nope. I mean, it should. Not for another year. No, I'm but soon as a year. <laughs> this sounds like, oh, we booked a ticket. <laughs> booked yeah, a ticket. Maybe, I, I do have a hard time believing Grant Gustin sticks around past his contracted season eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there, 
I also would not be surprised if they find some way to continue Flash somewhere. Oh, oh, uh, oh, sure. Characters. Oh, sure. Uh, but like, as someone who hasn't watched that show in a while, if you're telling me that those two guys are leaving, that does not make me want to watch that show. Yeah. Especially Tom Cavanaugh, who's yeah been on that show since the beginning and played multiple characters. Um, big part of the Arrowverse, Tom Cavanaugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, he was supposed to leave at the end of last season, but the pandemic made him alter the plans for his exit. Oh, okay. Um, but he's been pretty upfront about that and just like just wanting to move on. Um, mm-hmm. I am not surprised, nor do I blame Valdez for wanting to leave. They have pretty much run his character into the ground Aww, uh, for the past three seasons. I haven't cared much for Cisco, and I don't blame him for not wanting to play Cisco because Cisco's kind of in a loop of just doing basically the same things over and over he's just vibing without developing (laughs) god Um, he was vibe before that phrase became like popular (laughs) uh they they gave him uh the worst like kind of story about him giving up his powers and then like like a few episodes after he decided to give up his powers he immediately built technology that did the exact same things his powers did and i'm like what fake force drama what are yeah that's that's all that's my least favorite thing um, and I, I know we were all wondering now that Impulse is being introduced as Barry Allen's son, what is going to happen to XS, his daughter? Um, she will return. Jessica Parker Kennedy will return as Nora West Allen in the 150th episode, which will also introduce Bart. Yeah, they, they've actually already been filming that this week. There's yep. pictures of them all together. Yo, that Bart outfit looks looks real awesome. good. Man, um, uh, I, I know why you said that. No one was wondering what was going to happen to her. Because she's technically dead. She dies. I know. I was just kidding. Oh, okay. Um, Okay. Batwoman. Uh, Some Batwoman news. Morgan Cohen has been cast as Stephanie Brown. Spoiler. Spoiler. Um, uh, She will she will show up in a few in an upcoming episode where uh, Ryan Wilder, Batwoman herself, will be going after the Clue Master. Cool. Clue Master is like a cool, cool guy. He was the Batman Eternal villain or something, right? He's kind of a joke, but that but they lean into the joke. But spoiler is his uh, is his uh, is his daughter. Yeah, which is why they're connected. Looks okay. The picture they said they showed us. Oh, is that a picture that's his daughter? <laughs> yeah, it's got some. Um, what's the uh, what's the she writing? Like she got the alphabet on her or something. Yeah. All right. I didn't look at the picture. Um, bro, it's. Hey, that show could be whatever it is. Like Cassandra Kane is not the Cassandra Kane from the comics in Birds of Prey. So like, no. but like, this does not make me want to watch that show anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I want Stephanie Brown, but like, I, I don't want to like you to butcher her. I love, I really like Stephanie Brown as a, as a character. It's not, it's not, uh, what's the word? Uh, it doesn't, it, it doesn't make me want to watch the show. That's what I could, that's all I could say. I'm sorry. Sparks, what were you trying to say? Um, Batwoman's probably in like the most interesting place currently where, where I'm at watching it. Uh, it's probably in the most interesting place it's been, honestly, since it started, which is kind of nice. Um, it's definitely still got flaws, but like, I, I at least feel like it's doing something that truly feels fresh at this point. Um, like now, now we're kind of past all the, like, establishing the new Batwoman, dealing with Kate Kane stuff. Like the, the Kate stuff is, it's still there. It's still coming. It's still in the background, but like all the characters aren't focusing on it anymore. Cause they've all accepted that she's dead. They don't know that. So obviously that'll come back that she's alive. So that'll come back around. But 
they're moving forward and that's taking us into fresh new territory that feels until that new actress comes in she's already in you're just they're just not encountering her you have seen her in a scene in a couple of scenes um but they don't know where she is or that she's alive uh and neither does she know that she's kate king but um but they uh they're they're doing new and different things that feel nice i'll say that um certainly feels better to watch that than it does to watch the flash right now because i just like grant gustin brings 110 percent every week and i just feel bad that like no one else does oh <laughs> that's not fair danielle panabaker is also bringing 110 frosty yeah um she's she's doing some some fun stuff because frost and her separated yeah and now they're two two separate beings Ooh. which is nice oh. does she um, get paid double now nope no. <laughs> uh but it, it's it's hard to watch like the material not live up to what grant gustin's bringing to the table sure anybody read lady cool i read the first issue because it was joelle jones and i love her uh, lady killer has been greenlit to be a film adaptation on netflix cool uh and they and they have attached blake lively to star cool that yeah that's rules yeah, uh, it's going to be written by Diablo Cody, who wrote Juno, Jennifer's Body, and the upcoming the Powerpuff, uh, Powerpuff uh, TV series on the CW. Cool. Um, yeah, this is a. It's about like a, a like a 1950s housewife who's also like the world's greatest assassin or whatever. So like, it's like really cool, like conflicting, like you know, like she's making dinner for her husband and then she goes out and murders some fools. So like, <laughs> it, it could be like a. It's like a cool dark comedy. Again, I read the first issue. Um, cool. I like Blake Lively. Give her more stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of like a one-sided Mr. And Mrs. Smith sort of thing, right? Sure. Yeah, just a hitman undercover kind of situation, but like 1950s, you know. Yeah. All right. I like period pieces. I'm, I'm going to give that a watch. Mm-hmm. Red Sonia. Um, has, uh, getting, is still getting that remake, the new adaptation. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they've now cast the lead actress, the Red Sonia herself. Hannah John Kamen, who played Ghost in Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, we'll we'll play the titular character in this new cool. adaptation. All right, nice. I like that actress. I don't have an attachment to that source material. Yeah, yeah. I've I've read like maybe one Red Sonja comic by Gail Simone because uh, I really like Gail Simone. She she's you know kind of like a lady Conan, not to be reductive, but like <laughs> give give me a good give me a cool reason to to watch it and I'll watch it. You know. Yeah, uh, it's been she's been published by dynamite for the past like decade and a half or something um so you know take that how you will but she marvel comics also had some like gross stuff attached to it right this past year with the red sonia releases from dynamite oh i actually don't know i remember hearing the thing about that i don't need to look it up and go into it right now but like i i think there's something weird there um the new film already has a director um hold on i misspelled joey um i wanted to see what else what else they've done um uh, Joey Soloway, who was the uh, creator of Transparent. Oh, okay. Um, the, oh, the TV show. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they are, um, I think I think it's they, them pronouns. Uh, they are directing this film uh, adaptation and writing it alongside uh, Tasha Huo, um, who is currently uh, the showrunner for the new Tomb Raider anime that Netflix Ooh. is doing. Cool. Uh Okay, no, Red Sonia was fine. It was it was Gail Simone using Red Sonia to leverage against uh, being disappointed in Dynamite's supporting comic skate writers on mm. other titles. Oh, okay, gotcha. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, again, this is one of those properties where like 
give me a good give, give ver, good version of it and i'll maybe invest into it you know yeah there yeah. hasn't been anything that really has popped out at me throughout the years especially with comics because that's where she only lives right now is in the comics mm -hmm. um yeah uh she um uh the movie the original movie had uh uh, uh not conan the barbarian no arnold's yeah arnold's in it though but he's not playing Conan. Um, he's top build. It's really funny. Yeah, uh, he's not Conan, but but he's Conan. But we know he's Conan. Oh, we all know. Yeah. Um, anyway, a lot of people don't know that that he's not because you you just see the poster and it's he, he's Conan. And they never they never say his name, but so you just you know, yep, there he is. Um, uh, Superman, Superman news happened this week. Um, so whatever Warner Brothers is doing with Superman, uh, we've heard about the Ta-Nehisi Coates uh, uh, Superman movie up until now. Uh, now we know that they are looking for a black actor and a black director uh, for the film. Um, THR is reporting that that uh, it is not part of the DCEU, so it is not replacing Henry Cavill's Superman. Um, Going to be like the Batman or Joker, and it's apparently one of the scripts, uh, one of the drafts floating about as a period piece set in the night in the 20th century okay right. yeah. i'm the well, I, don't, I don't know i don't know i don't know how too much i've read like one valzod comic or because i know there i know a lot of people are are worried that they're just gonna like replace henry cavill with like just making clark black and like i don't think that's what they're gonna do mm -hmm. um there are there are multiple black supermans that they can choose from but, but they i did don't say, really have a the, history they did say this is kal-el um so it does oh? look like they're oh. they did um, yes. yeah Oh, so it does look so like they I, are way swapping Clark Kent. That's not what you do. That's not how you do it. Okay, so Superman of Earth twenty three. Um, is his Kryptonian his Kryptonian name is Kal El spelled differently? Um, oh, so okay. it so it could be a, just THR uh, not knowing that. I hope uh, so. And this is a Calvin Ellis book, uh, which is the Superman of Earth twenty three. Um, yeah. this is clearly not going to be Val Zod, which is unfortunate because he's a cool character too. Um, or it could, or it could just be accurate, and they are race swapping Clark Kent. Okay. Yeah, uh, I guess we'll see more information. I'd hope they wouldn't just just take Superman and make him black because that's not. There are other black Superman you can actually do instead of just race swapping this guy. Um, yeah. There's there's definitely been a lot of Twitter discussion because of that, where people have been saying like, it's it's just the same way that no one wants a, an originally black character to be changed to be a white character. White characters shouldn't be shifted into just being black characters automatically. You should develop the character, redevelop them top to bottom because the experience would be different. Mm -hmm. um, it, that can apply to both modern and then especially to a period piece. So I, I hope that it's that, that that's not what happens. Right. Uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe posted a trailer. Okay. <laughs> oh um, yeah, yeah. My they posted a, they posted a thing that's like, hey, we're going back to the movies, guys. Um, it, it, it revealed some new release dates. Um, some of these we knew, um, but one of the big things is that we got our first look of Eternals. It's a couple of clips, but there it is. I would <laughs> I wouldn't even call it a first look. I would call it a blink and you miss. <laughs> Because, <laughs> like, you blink and you miss that Angelina Jolie was even on screen. Uh, you see a fast guy. Cool. Cool. I'm good. Hey, cool. I, it looks grand. Uh, there's some big set pieces uh, in, in, in some of those some of those quick shots that I'm really into. I, sure. I definitely am not crazy about the marketing method of 
I this is not the way I like to see the first look at a film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I prefer a teaser trailer, and then if you drop something like this, that's fine. Um, I was disappointed that a teaser trailer for so, Eternals didn't just drop. Let me tell at you the same time or before. Why I and like people were like losing their minds, and I'm like, if you would have t- if you would have not told me this was an Eternals trailer, there's nothing special about this trailer. It's just a bunch of pictures of dudes. Like it's just like a close up of Angelina Jolie and Buff and Buff. Um, what's his name? Camille, uh, Camille Nanjiani. So I'm like. It, it's like cool they're announcing that the Eternals like I would rather just gotten a trailer like personally because like you just showed me what they look like I know what they look like mm-hmm. like it, I, th- I thought it was I mean you're cool I, I mean Brandon's got the right point like I, yeah. I did like like visually what what it looks like they're doing with the location shots is cool sure I'm I'm excited about that but it's definitely not the way I like to get my first glimpse at a film I thought I we were I gonna... don't like that that tiny noodle yeah stuff. I thought we were gonna get a trailer for like I mean I'm sure we are gonna get a trailer for Shang-Chi um you mean Eternals? Uh, sorry yeah uh with with shang chi yeah. yeah and we all the 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 big thing about this is that we got some new release dates and some, some new title uh, re- reveals so dr strange and the multiverse of madness march 25th next year then followed by thor love and thunder on, on may 6th Ooh. and black panther 2 wakanda forever title reveal um will be out july 8th of that same year and then after that the marvels so captain marvel 2 has been retitled the marvels Mm-hmm. Um, because we know that um, Miss Marvel and Tiana Paris uh, will be in the, the the movie. You know who else I think does one more Marvel that we're missing, Brandon? Oh yeah, the rumor is the Blue Marvel's going to show up. I mean, it's, it's like you didn't you didn't show the, the aerospace engineer, and you got a movie called The Marvels. He's a Blue Marvel. I'm just saying. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, I like that character. Uh, but that's going to be November 11th of that year. So four movies from Marvel Studios that year. Hot dog. And it, plus and it appears maybe five for the year after oh Fire yeah um so we so we got uh, so then we got ant-man of the wasp quantum mania for february 17th of that year uh of 2023 sorry so the next year uh guardians of the galaxy volume 3 may 5th 2023 and then they said the fantastic four without a date mm-hmm. which is probably um, the furthest but I would say. but i would also assume Captain America for that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would assume Spider-Man for that year because Spider-Man's come out every two years. And I don't think they're going to break that streak. Oh, yeah. They also and, have uh, Spider-Man uh, Far From Home in December, right? That's in 2021. That's this year. That's that's this year. I'm talking about Spider-Man 4. Oh, okay. Whatever the fourth one will be, will be two years from this year. So years. that would mean that there's probably five Marvel movies that year because of Spider-Man. And then all the TV shows. Uh, and yeah. uh, and we also know that Blade's heading in production soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to, which probably looks like a 2023 release because yeah. they're filming in 2022. Yep. Right. Uh, so that's why I think we've got five Marvel movies that year. That'd be crazy. Fake nerds um, will live forever. Wait, with Spider-Man, that makes six, doesn't it? I don't know that Fantastic Four will actually be a 2023 film, oh, but yeah. I could be wrong about Captain America four being that year. It could be the year after. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, the like you know we all know. Look now that they've now that they've kind of showed us, but we didn't really know uh, what the Marvel's release date was going to be for a long time. Uh, Captain Marvel two. Um, this is uh, what we all suspected. Like we're not done. We're not even close to the end of Phase Four. Uh, even by 2023, I think we're halfway there. Living on a prayer. If even that. Yeah. It's crazy how big phase four is already. already it makes me, it makes than me any other curious if if like that Fantastic Four tease is like the final movie in phase four is Fantastic Four. Maybe. That's the big culmination movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then, uh, kind of a surprise. Since he brought that up, I definitely think it's interesting that the four logo looks like the Avengers logo. The oh, way it that does. they frame it, it looks like the MC. The way they frame the MCU oh, logo, yeah. and I'm like, I don't think that's a mistake. Oh yeah, yeah. And then you uh, had sorry, real quick, but then you had the people jokingly put turning the four and turning it sideways, and it turns into an X, and they're like, "You guys see it?" Uh, <laughs> like, or the, the the ones that put like the Captain America shield behind it, and it's like, "This was this the whole time?" Yeah, yeah. Or Mephisto. I saw a Mephisto one. That's all good. And then a, bit, uh, a kind of a surprise, uh, Tom Hiddleston surprised us uh, all by saying that Loki has been moved up to June 9th, not June 11th. It will now premiere the first. It's the first Disney Plus uh, series to premiere on Wednesdays. Hot dog, Wednesday is the new Friday. He said it himself. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I wonder if that means they're going to stagger. Sorry, the, uh, my uh, bathroom door just opened. Um, I do wonder if they're going to start staggering the disney plus releases i wonder if it's just because bad batch is 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 what it's that's what it is this is this is something i always suspected was going to happen is i'm like either marvel's always going to own fridays or they're going to have to move yeah um they don't mind sharing and and i think that they have confidence that whenever they drop marvel people will watch it 100 yeah. percent. And, uh, and anything else they have less faith in so they drop it on fridays mm -hmm. yeah all right Speaking of Marvel, though, the trial of Magneto has been announced. Uh, we now know what Leia Williams and Valeria uh, uh, Skeety's um, comic, Reign of X comic is. It is the trial of Magneto. We were all wrong. Yeah, we all thought Scarlet Witch. Yeah. I mean, what but did he do? It's cool. about Scarlet Witch. You never know. Uh, That's true. Yeah, this um, this is a getting John Romita Jr. to do the cover. Uh, it's a callback to Uncanny. That's what he does. Yeah, it's it's Uncanny uh, X Men Two Hundred, which is the original trial of Magneto, where humanity puts Magneto on trial for his war crimes, um, and then hilarity ensues. Obviously, um, it's it's interesting because where Magneto's at right now in the world, mm -hmm. um, you know, like like uh, whether you're a villain or not, like on Krakoa, like mutants have like they're all clean slated, um, so it's very curious, like. like what if he offers himself up for Wanda? Oh, he hates Wanda though. He wouldn't do that. <laughs> what what if what if there's something that happens where he's like takes full responsibility for it? Maybe not even because he likes her, but he's like, I'm to blame for for treating her as a daughter, for for welcome for Maybe. putting her in the position of the ability to have taken more of us. Maybe. Uh I don't know. Like I don't, I don't think Ma Magneto will, considering the way he talks about Scarlet Witch, I don't think he will be the one to take the blame because he is so, he's very anti his own daughter. He doesn't really think yeah. he's his, it's his daughter anymore. Well, it's um, not. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah. Considering, yeah, like the bullshit and human stuff. Um, but yeah, like, like it could, it's really up in the air. Like, honestly, it could just be something where like it's issue one. He does something which puts him on trial, which yeah. is what could it, it could be. Um, I, it's it's such an interesting landscape. Uh, it could be anything. It's really interesting to ha to be looking down the barrel of this when just within this last year you had that one where um, it was the Empire issue where it's like Magneto the hero mm -hmm. uh, and just oh, juxtaposing yeah. those against each other and that that's why I'm like it's got to be big and I'm like what's the biggest thing it could be and I'm like if he in any way took responsibility or defended Wanda it to just, someone that would be that would be a big no no to the community. It would, but like that just there's a lot of work that has to be done to even get there. Cause right now he's literally the guy who's no, like, he's you. the pretender. No, I get you for sure. Yeah. Muppets. Muppets. Surprised us with an announcement from Muppets haunted mansion. Love it. Uh, 
coming uh disney plus there was a fun little bit about with rizzo and gonzo announcing it um that's all we know so far whoa 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 who man i just i'm so used to rizzo being next to gonzo it's pepe yeah it's been Pepe next to Gonzo for a while. Haunted Mansion. I don't like that. It's, I, I think I'm, I'm I, not. Ha- I, I'm gonna hear for the Rizzo uh, racial racial. Look, I agree. I miss the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern act uh, of Gonzo and Rizzo, which made more sense. But they made it Pepe ever since Muppets in Space. Haunted Mansion. Um, but but I agree. I agree. But it was cute. Uh, I definitely hope this is better than the the recent Muppets Now show. Me too. Haunted Mansion. But ben, cool. ben, what do you think about this? I haven't seen a trailer for it. I just saw Muppets on Magic. Nice. All it is is a cute thing of Gonzo and Pepe announcing it. Oh, it's but the concept is that we're getting a a Halloween Muppet special, which is the first ever Halloween Muppet special. Heck yeah. Uh, that, that I have to assume they filmed inside the Haunted Mansion, mm-hmm. at least part of it, during the pandemic. I hope so. Nice. That'd be fun. So this should be cool. All right. Oh, I'm gonna skip this one. Alan Moore uh, got some was in the news this week for the first time in a long time. Hell yeah, baby! Um, he has signed a huge deal with Bloomsbury. Um, it's a publishing company in, in London who's responsible for the Harry Potter franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he will he'll, he'll publish two projects for them right up uh, right away. Uh, first, one called the Illuminations, uh, or just Illuminations, sorry, um, which is just a collection of stories. That'll come out in 2022. And then a five-volume series titled Long London will start in 2024. Um, and we got a little bit of a blurb. Ah! Um, we'll travel throughout the titular British city with its shell-shocked and unraveled state in 1949 to a version of London just beyond our knowledge, which features murder, magic, and madness. Hmm. This is... I'm pretty sure we're aware of it, but... <laughs> Not in this universe. Uh, I'm the resident Alan Moore guy. Uh, uh, his the last comic that he put out that I read was Providence, which was like five or six. Years. I say that it's probably way longer because I've been reading comics too long. Uh, but Providence, which is like a quasi Lovecraftian uh, 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 English story, um, date it related to your nose ring. Actually, probably around the same time. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Good, 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 good job, Sparks. Um, this is really exciting because like he he uh, he's 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 an older gentleman, right? He's in his sixties now, and he doesn't put out as much stuff, but like. Uh, he put out a novel that had like a million words in it. Like the dude still is still prolific. And like the fact that he's coming back with like this George R. R. Martin-esque like size uh, 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 IP that he really has like he has faith in and he's really like excited about it makes me excited because that dude to, to me is the greatest comic book writer of all time. Like that dude is he writes poetry every time he types. Like, I don't, I don't want to jump too far ahead into our topic. But now that I think about it, I wish Alan Moore had written the concept of Jupiter's Legacy. Oh God, he would destroy it! Oh because, my God, because that's what he does is what I actually want that book to do. So right, we'll get there. You're right. I just want to prime that up. No, you're 100 percent right. Oh, that's actually that's yeah, too good. It's too good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, yeah, uh, uh, these are books, right? The volumes are books, not comics. Yeah, Brandon? yeah. Um, I don't read as many books as I as I should, and definitely Alan Moore writes longer books than I ever want to read, but. <laughs> But the, the, but the, I I am very excited because this is a dude that I really love and respect. So like if he's excited about it, then I'm excited about it for sure. Yeah. Um. And then having dog problems, I apologize. Um. Dragon Ball Super got a bit of news don't stop, don't stop, for yes. Goku Day. Dragon Ball Super new movie is coming out in 2022. 
Yeah, this was interesting because this got leaked uh, that it was going to get announced on Goku Day on the Toei Animation site. Um, so everyone's like, so that's definitely for real. <laughs> and then Toriyama came out and, and acknowledged it. And he's like, yeah, it's definitely for real. We're announcing that on May 9th. <laughs> um, and so everybody kind of thought we were going to get a teaser, like the first teaser for Broly, which didn't yeah. show a lot, but just got you primed. We didn't get that. We just got the, the yes, it's coming out 2022. Um, but there is the blurb that Toriyama decided to put out himself, which talks about uh, unexpected character appearance. Um, and that he's, you know, putting the same kind of work in this that he put into Broly. And uh, Ryan and I did some speculating last night. And I want to throw it to you guys because I'm curious. Who who do you think the unexpected character may be? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Majin Buu? Majin Buu's in the franchise anyway. No, it's in yeah. like Evil Buu. But he's reincarnated as Oob, so. Uh, Cell? Could be Cell. See, I thought that too, but I'm like, I, I know, I know that first off i don't think that's unexpected in the sense that i know the fandom wants sell back right. i do, i even want sell back because i love sell but at the same time i'm like i think it's best left alone i feel like anything to do with sell at this point would just ruin him i'm already mad about any time they've tried to bring him back in like gt and stuff and that, that just utterly destroyed you mean when him was about him resurrected yeah, yeah. like hitler yeah. and all the nazis now that being stuff? said yeah, toriyama yeah. behind it like i'll be like i don't give a shit like, yeah. he, you do it if you got the idea but i i find it hard to believe itself i'll put my pitch in i think that he had such a good time reinventing broly in the way that he wanted to he's going to go back and reinvent another movie character who's really popular cooler don't you do this to me don't you put this curse on me yeah that's, that's what i said because cooler is the best i think it would make a lot of sense you got frieza on the table again cooler is also a character he designed Developed that whole he designed family that transformation uh you can bring broly back you can put the saiyans at odds with them King I, cold i think it makes a lot of sense um so to me that is that is like top tier unexpected character cooler yeah i that that is a lot better of the my pick because I thought I was like, hey, let's just do something out of left field and bring back Raditz and just That's have to get. I also point. joked because like that'd be wild. Like I want Raditz to Raditz come back. Raditz is such a joke. Yeah, he's basically villain Yamcha. Yeah. in the yeah. Dragon Ball universe. So just so him, just like redeem himself. No, just like bring back Raditz and have just Goku's like. Oh, that's what the, the hair comes he from. Spent, like, what do you? He and he just goes like, Super Saiyan three just for the fun of it. And Raditz goes what? I, I, I want to imagine like Raditz has like spent like the last 30 years. Like nobody knows because nobody's cared what Raditz has been doing. And he's just been developing power. And somehow he's, he's like now the strongest person. And he's one punch man, but we don't know how it happened. And we just got to beat Raditz now. And he's like, what are you going to do? Double Sunday. That would be wild. <laughs> that, that definitely would be unexpected. I would love um, it. I, I I'm, definitely, I'm definitely way into the idea of him doing with, with Cooler what he did with Broly mm-hmm. and, and yeah. bringing his personal shine to it i i think that could be a lot of fun cooler's the dopest i like cooler yeah. the cool i like cooler a lot more than i like raditz mm-hmm. cooler is one of my favorites yeah mm-hmm. yeah i was just thinking it's like man that'd just be funny if they just brought rats back for just for like a one-off gag that'd be funny not even a one-off I... gag but, to, but not even like a, you know i was thinking like not even raditz is like a villain or a gag it's just he's helping yeah i really really hope we get broly back in this movie me too yeah I, I feel like we have to. Chile and Lima. Uh, this times out now that we know the movie's released. This will time out to probably be about the time where the current manga story will reach its end, um, ish, <laughs> uh, or at least it's intended to be after it. 
Um, so that's like two arcs of story that have happened since Broly, according to the manga. And I'd be really interested to see uh, Broly come back again after that kind of stuff. This also means that you know, when this movie comes out, we are likely seeing a Vegeta on the path of working on his God of Destruction abilities, which I'm way into. Oh, yeah. That'd be really oh, yeah. cool. I miss, I need to, I need to get that movie on Blu-ray. I haven't seen it in a while. I haven't seen it since we saw it in theaters, and I, I'm like, man, Broly was sometimes good. Sometimes I just watch scenes from that movie. Yeah. Just, I just am like, remind me. Oh yeah, this is the best. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm, I'm so glad we have a release date, guys. I'm so pumped. I am ready for stuff to come out to show us. We're like movie. a year, a year away from it, maybe. Yeah. Give me that Dragon Ball. Okay, sorry. Uh, there's a whole thing happening around me. Happening. That's okay. <laughs> um, okay, trailer talk. Tea time. Oh. Tea talk. Link once if you're being held against your will. Uh, like leverage. Uh, what is leverage that? redemption. Yo, oh, so yeah. I didn't, I didn't... Go ahead, Brent. No, I, I che- it said do not watch. <laughs> I watched it anyway. What the hell? Oh, was there a trailer that we, that we didn't watch that was bad? No, no, no. It's it's. Uh, I said don't watch it on the note because I want to talk about it because I'm the only person that watches this show. Oh. It's called Leverage Redemption. It's it's a it's a revival. Was it the Leverage, Leverage show? Yeah, oh, okay. which is where uh, Aldous Hodge, who's going to be in um, Black Adam, yeah, yeah. and was in the, the Invisible Man. This is one of the things that made him really prominent and famous. Um, I didn't know this was being made. Uh, this came out. It's IMDb TV is doing this revival. Is- but they got him back. They got almost all the cast back. The only person they didn't get back is Timothy Hutton. And apparently it was on purpose because of his sexual abuse allegations. Oh, against Timothy. Him. Yeah. Oh, um, but they got the entire cast to come back. And I'm, I really enjoyed that show. You can watch that show. If you have Amazon prime, it's all on there. Um, it's actually a pretty competently well-made TNT show. Uh, and the cast is really fun. I just didn't know that they were doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's wild. It's bizarre. I can't believe that they felt there was enough of a interest to do it, but they did it. IMDb thought I, so. I'm pumped uh, and surprised. Right on. I just wanted to talk like, about it because uh, it came out of... I just saw it on YouTube and I'm like, what is this? It's like Psych getting like like a movie or something. Like, yes. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it just it just really threw me and I'm a big fan of that, that series. So. Cool. Yeah. Georgetown. Apparently, this came out last week. We missed it. Uh, Christoph Waltz is directing this. Yeah, this is his uh, first major direct- directorial experience. He did one other small thing like 20 years ago. Um, Looks, but this is his first major directorial debut. Quirky. I I'm super intrigued by the the real story of what happened with this. Um, and it's clearly something that Christoph Waltz has a has a, a real strong interest in wanting to do yeah to want to direct this um i i hope it's good i i really just want to spotlight because i'm like i think it's so weird that christoph waltz wanted to direct this very it's about interesting weird real story it's about an eccentric man who marries like a rich lady like maybe to like steal her like inheritance like lex Luthor style but he's also like a weird like con man who wears eye patches sometimes and it just seems like weird and kooky and i'm like okay sure whatever Okay, yeah. I'll watch it. Did you want to say something, Beth? We were looking up to the air for, no, for no, some no, inspiration. I thought someone was calling me to help with the cat. That's why. Oh. <laughs> uh, Rugrats. 
We finally got a full trailer for the new Paramount Plus Rugrats TV series. Uh, it seems charming. You are never going to make me like this animation over the original. Oh, yeah. Um, both because I love 2D and I kind of love the messiness of the style that Rugrats had. Rugrats didn't look like any other cartoon and no cartoon has looked like Rugrats since. It had a style all its own and turning it into 3D has lost some of that charm. I will um, I will agree, but argue this also has a, a, a weird art style upon its own because these are some ugly kids and I love it. I mean, yes, they definitely maintain their character models. I just mean like, you know, the, the basic animation that's designed in is no different from the SpongeBob show that they're putting on the oh, same sure, sure, yeah. Like the Camp Coral show. It's yeah, the exact yeah. same animation studio taking that over and applying it to the Rugrats character models. And I'm like, Rugrats literally in like the way that they would, that they used color weird mm -hmm. in the original Rugrats show. And this, this is more or less a, a standard. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm, I'm glad that there's more Rugrats. I'm definitely curious if I thought I saw Kim, Kimmy in one her. shot. I thought I saw her in one. I really hope they didn't cut Kimmy as a character. Which one's yeah. Kimmy? Uh, Chucky's, 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 uh, stepsister the african-american um, one the, no, the asian american one asian American. she's in this i definitely saw her I, I made a note being like oh cool they kept her yeah i'd be okay. really bummed if they cut kimmy because i'm like kimmy was one of the better cooler things that they did to have mm -hmm. on the show it was one of the cool things about rugrats is that the movies moved the show forward because mm -hmm. the first movie brought dill and the mm -hmm. second movie brought kimmy and chucky's new mom all grown up um I, I was hoping, I was nervous we would lose those elements with a revival. Um, I'm glad that, that it looks like we won't. Uh, but I definitely struggle with, like, I, I just like the the look of the original, the, the animation style, and, and this, yeah. this uh, weirds me out a little. I mean, they yeah. got close to that classic Klasky Shupo design, but it's just wasn't, it just doesn't hit the nail on the head. I mean, part of me is like, cool, more Rugrats, but at the same time, it's like, I guess I'm just way too biased because Rugrats was one of my absolute favorite Nicktoons growing up, and that's like holy ground to me. So I mean, it's like 25 years later. It's, yeah, yeah. You know what you do? Sequel to All Grown Up. Now the kids are the mm. parents. Yes, Brandon. That's that's of course. That's the yes. That's obviously Ooh, what you do. We were planning that for a while. That's what I've always what I've been saying. That's yes. that's what I wanted. Yeah. That's what I. Yeah. That's what I wish it had been. Um, yeah. Because All Grown Up was was cool too, but. Uh, yeah, I, that, that original animation style, like the best way I can describe it is grunge. It's a grunge animation style. And uh, it, I, I wish I were st sticking around. But uh, I still think this has the charm of Rugrats. Mm. I definitely, when he said, hold on to your bottles, heard hold on to your buttholes. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> when I watched it, but it's still cool. <laughs> it's the forced edginess. <laughs> a baby's gotta do what a baby's gotta do. It's like, ah, oh, that was a good, that was a Right. it definitely doesn't look like uh, i watched rugrats as a kid i'm not gonna watch this because i'm not i'm not six anymore um but like it looks it, it doesn't look like it's lazy i'll say that it no. looks like they're they, they care and they're actually putting effort into it i will I agree to that it does not look lazy yeah houston Ian mcgregor and uh, new netflix limited series yeah, yeah um just another interesting true life story um i, li I like uh the the idea of this um Ewan McGregor playing him, I think, is a good choice. Uh, it's a Black Mask prequel. I, I want to watch him. I'm, I'm glad that this is a limited series rather than a film. I'm, I'm interested mm -hmm. to see them actually let him develop this yeah. over more than one movie's length. Uh, it, it should be cool. Yeah, like a like a, 
I'm obviously not like into fashion or anything, but like any movie or a TV show can be good enough and I'll get interested in it. Uh, love you and McGregor. He looks, uh, looks wacky, you know, 60s, 70s fashion. Liza Minnelli's in it. Like, looks cool. Yeah. Yeah. Heels. Heels. Yeah. Good for Stephen Amell. That dude loves wrestling. Yeah. Good, oh, good yeah. for him getting this passion project made. I don't know if it looks like something I'd want to watch. Nope. And I'm certainly not going to anytime soon because it's on Stars nope. and I don't have access to Stars. But good for him. That yeah. dude has been on the WWE like multiple times. Here's the thing, the though. Years, yeah. Here's the thing, though. I think wrestling can be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, if I hear good things about this show, if I hear enough good buzz, I will go out of my way to watch it at some point. Um, because I like I'd Stephen like to Amell. support that, and I think like his passion for it might make this show pretty good. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd be interested to see. I, I really like that it's coming from the angle of him of the bad guys uh, as a heel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a career heel, and what that means. And uh, the impact that he has, it, it seems like his character is a person who's more passionate about wrestling than than the people who play the heroes. But he's always the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really interested in that idea. He's gonna he's gonna save he's gonna fail the city. Absolove, end of gods, video game. So every week, uh, I just type in new game trailers just to see if anything pops up at a random. And I found this. And hey guys, how do you feel about Techno Vikings? Because I think this looks pretty cool. It looks all right. I'm well. I'm more into horror, so I think it looks I think pretty. We've seen. Haven't we seen this? This no. game, not this trailer, but this game before. Uh we haven't because it's a PC exclusive that's only coming to PS5 now. Hmm. Uh, I, I definitely have never seen anything about it. Let's um, make Ben play it. Yeah, it's definitely like 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 uh, ancient mythology mixed with like modern sci-fi uh, technology. Um, love, love spooky vibes, like like big soma, like survival horror and vibes. This has been received well on PC. Already, yeah, yeah, so. it's it's apparently like a really really good game. Wait, I'd be down to it. Absolove, end of days, end of gods. I, end of gods. Which no, also, no, I didn't see this. It's not on the the drive. I'm looking uh, right at it. Well, I texted. I also texted it to the group. So he did text it to the group too. <laughs> It's okay. It's a cool trailer. Uh, you're not in the spookies. Uh, Stephen King meta. It's okay. About. It's better that you haven't seen it because we're just going to make you play it. Oh, God. It's going to be too spooky. Arcane, the animated series, uh, was announced to go to Netflix. We've kind of, I, 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 we we heard this was coming a couple months ago, I guess. Uh, um, last A year ago, they announced that they were making this, and there was like a behind-the-scenes thing with a little bit of a look at like concept art. This yes. is the first time that they're showing anything of what the show will actually look like in motion. Um they're clearly putting some money into it. It looks uh, wicked. It looks it looks like a kick-ass animated series. And if it's <laughs> if it's uh if its story is solid enough, I'm down to watch it. Um I was I was actually get chatting with um Pi, a friend of the podcast, Pi and Michael about it. And uh it it sounds like the intention is for it to be an anthology series. So this first one is going to be about these two sisters. And the next, the next series, the next season will be about a totally different character in League of Legends, and that's how they want to move through League of Legends rather than telling a consistent story from season to season to season. It's going to anthologize <laughs> the, the characters of League of Legends. Uh, uh, I never really got into that game, but I did think the character designs were sweet as hell. Yeah. Uh, so, Brandon, you watched Dota, Dragon's mm-hmm. Blood. Yeah. Dota and League of Legends are the same game. They are the exact same type of game. Uh, it's a, a MOBA where you have you have three lanes and you're trying to go defeat the towers on the opposite opponent's team. Not much of a story, again, but like there's this entire lore and universe behind it. And now they are crafted, crafting this beautiful animated show. And I'm like, 
so weird. Again, with Ark, Ark is also getting a cool animated show. Like all of these multiplayer focused games are getting like really dope animated shows. And it's like, this is, this is the really kind of thing. Weird. This is the kind of thing I want to see from Overwatch. Yeah. Oh, um, especially with, especially happened. with this kind of like budget to the animation like that. That animation looks great. Yeah. And we only got like a couple seconds of it, but it looks sick. It looks like more than just cinematic game animation. Mm -hmm. It looks like it's a style all its own. And I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Quiet place part a quiet place part two, final trailer. We reviewed it, so whatever. That's true. Can't wait for everybody to see that sound cannon. Hell yeah! Remember Sonic Cannon? So how crazy is that, guys? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, what else can be said about it? More. It looks, looks good. It. Uh, I'm excited to see it. Um. Yeah. In the news this week, they were talking about John Krasinski and Emily Blunt are pursuing Paramount for more money because when they made a Quiet Place Part Two, they agreed to take a smaller a payment up front to make it in promise that they would make stuff off the box office returns. But now that Paramount has cut the box office time down to 45 days before being released on Paramount plus, they're like, mm. um, you need to give us more up front now. Uh, that's an interesting thing that's developing because of the, the streaming service stuff that's happening. Just another notch in that, Gotta get them uh, which is, which is wild. Get that money. Um, but yeah, the movie still appeals to me. I want to see it. Uh, I definitely, Last of Us vibes hard. I definitely kind of didn't want to see as much of this trailer as I did, but that's okay. It's just like, it's, again, because like after an entire year, you have to rebuild the hype. But like this, I didn't really feel like I saw anything new. But at the same time, there was new footage. There's definitely, so like, a like, whole, uh, there's definitely like a whole action sequence I, that had never been shown before that I'm like, I was better off not knowing yeah, that yeah, existed. Yeah. I know those monsters in it. You know, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And we're, um, we're going to get a new James Bond trailer in a day now. Oh my god, you're right. Sorry, you gotta start watching those Daniel Craig movies. I yeah. see him. I gotta watch them again. That's I mean, I, I've never watched... What was the last one? Spectre? Yeah. Spectre. Yeah, I've never seen that all the way through because I fell asleep in the theater. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> 100%. Don't blame all right. me. Alright, shall we move into our main topic? Uh, do we want to just quick briefly touch on Stranger Things? Oh, I mean, it's kind of a nothing... I mean, clearly it's going to be about the other kids is what yeah. they're telling us. Yeah, the X-Men. Uh, it's it's just nice to see some Stranger Things traction after so long. It's um, nice that it's, yeah, because like, it's, I feel like it's been a while since we last reviewed that season. Yeah. Um, Almost three years. Jeez. Yeah. Because it was 4th of July, 2019. Wow. Man, yeah. Two years. Wow, well, yeah. Those kids are going to be old. <laughs> oh my God, they're all going to have mustaches. They're <laughs> Oh my god, Dustin! Especially <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown, big thick mustache. Oh yeah, <laughs> sideburns. Hell yeah! Oh god, she's gonna have like the Nolan Grayson mustache. She's like so. Yeah. She's eight feet tall. All right, main topic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Time. The parents are finally going to bed, so maybe no more interruptions. Hot dog. I've been saying that way too many times today. I'm sorry. Get the hot dog. Okay. I love it. Okay. I love it. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So we're talking about Jupiter's legacy, kind of our, you know, famous segment where we compare the uh, first episode, right? Just the first. Yeah. yeah I, I watched, I watched episode two uh, just okay. to get a little more, but it didn't, it doesn't really add too much. I don't think I, I wanted to put more time into the episodes this week and I just frankly didn't get to. Yeah. So, but you did watch the first though. I definitely watched the first episode. I, I started the second episode. I got 10 minutes in and it was late at night last night. And I'm like, I got too much to do. 
today. I got to go to bed. And if I'd gotten home earlier, I would have watched more, but it didn't happen. Um, and Ben, you watched the first? I watched the first. And I was too busy watching Invincible to watch the other ones. Um, okay, so we're going to be talking about the first volume of the graphic novel now. Uh, full disclosure, um, for those of you who have not seen the Fake Nerds Watch episode where I also explained this, but uh, Jupiter's Legacy Volume 1 is currently reprinted as uh, is currently it, it is Jupiter's Circle Volume 1 has been reprinted as Jupiter's Legacy Volume 1. In the current way that you can find the trades, we are talking about the first volume of Jupiter's Legacy, which is Mark Millar and Frank Quietly. Yep. The original, original book. Yes. yes. Um, in response, to, in, in relation to the first episode of the, of the Netflix show that is out now. Um, how many, how many episodes did you watch, Brandon? I've watched two. Okay. So, spoilers for the first two episodes and five issues of the comic. Yeah. Man, we're not going to barely talk anything about the show compared to the comic in terms of plot stuff happening, because, man, that comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so, let's just get into it. The, uh, some comic background. It was not meant to be a five-issue miniseries. Uh, it became one when Frank quietly fell behind. Um, man. You can tell. It, man, like that five issues feels like a 20 issue arc like a mm-hmm. 20 issue like full series because there's like straight up full time jumps there's there's there are like character developments and then like the development turns into the action immediately like it is so fast and it's something that i actually really found myself appreciating about the show is that it's actually taking its time <laughs> uh someone described mark millar's uh comics as often spec scripts for larger projects that he clearly wants to be like films or television shows and uh i don't think anything we've ever read has felt more like that than this Uh and i can't express to you how much i just don't care for what millar was putting in the page on that book um nothing was developed well enough for me to give a crap about it and the basic concept uh is cool but the idea of execution behind it i absolutely 100 disagree with yeah so i hated it i and it's such a bummer because I am more positive on the comic, but it, it, in a way, I'm even going to be more negative because I think there are, I think Mark Millar, he is successful. He is a successful comic writer and like he does do some things that work well, but also his gross politics just get in the way of it. And he has some really cool ideas that I do think work for a comic book that get translated better in the show. But then he's just some, some of the things. Jupiter's legacy is definitely the, the reading that comic was the first time I was like, Oh, Mark Millar is mad about something. Uh, yeah, the politics about in our world. Yeah. He is mad. I'm not quite sure which side he's mad for, but That's he's the mad. Problem. That's the problem. He makes both sides have like the goods and the bads, and like he's very centrist about it. But he kind of is leaning towards one side if you look he's, at it. He's definitely criticizing the Obama administration specifically in yes. the book. Yeah. The implication, the implication in the subtext of the book is that everything was fine till the Obama administration started, which is definitely not true. <laughs> that administration is worthy of criticism. Um, but they definitely didn't start that fire. The I, I think the main problem with the book is it's just there's just not it's something I always talk about real estate. But it just it 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 chugs through the story so fast. You have no time to develop any of the characters. Like again, like I I, I liked the first two episodes of the show I watched. I didn't love it. I think it was I think I think it was good. And what I liked about it is what how it just took its time with the characters because in the, in the in the comic you're introduced to the utopian and how he's like the Superman ideal and how he has like he's super strict. But then, like by issue three, the dude's dead already, yeah. and I'm like, I didn't really, I didn't really get to see the extent of what you saw. Like, I can't just take your word on it. I need this. I need you to show me more. And I think the show is doing such a better job about that. Uh, the, the, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. 
Well, I was going to say the, the, the thing that, that I, I don't think this book is structured really well. One of the, I said that this book doesn't feel like it's supposed to be a five issue miniseries because of the fact that Utopian dies in issue three. Yeah. That is, a, if this was a five issue miniseries, Utopian should have been dead, been dead by the end of issue one. Exactly. Or we should have been focusing on the other characters. And then you get the crazy time jump, which would have been an entire volume of a story on its own, but it's two issues. It's like one and a half issues. Do any yeah. of you care about what happens after the time jump? No. No. Right. That's I, to that, be fair, I like the kid. No, I like. I too. like the kid, uh, but I don't like. I don't care about anything else. Like, what, they don't what is even? What is even America at that point? They spend so little time on it. Like, we get one scene of Brandon and Walter in the White House, and that's the only reference to like what has happened with them. They since. don't explain what happened to the president or anything. Just, it's just nothing. And like the the implication that uh, <sighs> the smart the smartest thing the show did was take take that five take all the whole comic and turn the entire season into the first three issues the that's that's why i'm excited to actually continue watching the show so we can build on the stuff that i do like because i do think since so we can talk about the show a little bit i do think josh dumel he's not a guy I, I particularly care for in a lot of things you know he's he's a he's a boring white dude i like him in the show i think he's doing like the 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 like the old school superman like i have an ideal and i gotta keep it this way like i'm i buy that and I buy Chloe so much more in this show than I do in the comic book. Two hundred percent more. Yes. I when I was reading the book because I read the first issue when it came out way when when it first came out years ago, and I just dropped off. I'm like well, whatever. I think I, I borrowed it off of Brandon, but then I'm watching. I'm rereading this. I'm reading it. And I'm like, wait, he dies in issue two. Like seeing the mom dead in issue three, and seeing um, uh, Lady Liberty die, and seeing Utopian die, and then we jump like we just met years. we just met lady liberty yeah yeah and, and seeing, we can we kill her in the same scene and seeing him jump 10 years i'm like okay this is like what is going on here this that is going to break so jarring break. that 11 year time jump is like I, I i read this comic when it came out and i completely forgot about that that's so crazy now, because it comes it comes too late in the book yeah yeah and now watching the show i'm sitting here thinking okay now I can see why Brandon's gonna hate hate his dad. Uh, I like my dad; he's all right. It's <laughs> uh, so we're watching Invincible, and Invincible ha has so I guess spoilers for for the first episode of Invincible, uh, also the comic where where he 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 kills like all the guardians, right? And that's like a big big moment. Mm -hmm. That's the big moment of the of this comic book too, but it happens in issue three. And I think the smart thing that the show is doing is it is slowly gonna build to the confrontation of. Am I, are you going to kill your father to restart America? And the trajectory of the show is already infinitely better than the comic could ever be because it's taking its time. So I get to understand these characters and like the stuff of Black Star, that scientist guy. He he shows up in episode two mm -hmm. for stuff too. But like all that stuff is so much better, and, and it's like also so insignificant in in both the show and the comic. But like at least in the show, I kind of care about it a little bit because they keep sure. bringing it up. Yeah. At yeah. the at the end of the day, the comic book was such a, a frustrating read. Um, I also kind of struggle to call the show an adaptation because it changed some, it changed some, you erase some names out of there. That show might as well not be based on that comic at all. Um, uh, it, it definitely is. It is. Uh, it's, it, I think it's way, I think it's so much better. And that's why the problem is it's hard to call an adaptation. Cause it's like so much better than I the, definitely, you know, my, my, my biggest problem, my, my biggest problem is, because that wasn't the point I wanted to get to the, the biggest problem I have with the show is I've seen this better everywhere else. Oh, and sure. I don't really care. Oh, that's fair. I, I 100% agree. Uh, this is one of those situations where not not everything has to be a 10, and I think this is good enough 
where especially it's so much better than the source material. I think the stuff that's in the comic, the ideas are good enough that if translated to the show will be really good show stuff. Right. And the, the first two episodes have given me, especially issue, uh, episode two, Brandon, I'm, it's not a big spoiler. There's a big, there's a, uh, con yeah, there's a conversation between Chloe and, and her dad that's not in the comic in, in episode two. That's really good. That's a real conversation about a father and a daughter. It's very much like the, the Mitchell versus the Machines, just two people who just cannot connect with each other. And it's just a really great conversation that like is nowhere in the comic because Mark Manala is not about like like substance or like or like layers. No, I, I am glad because like they everything in the comic about like his kids being put upon by him is all just tell not show. Hundred percent. Um, and it's and it's d d just garbage. Um, his his son is put upon but like we'll never explore why and his daughter's overdoses on dugs and is put upon and she's like i'm a cliche but i'm not but i totally am a cliche and i'm like i can't take any of that seriously yeah. um but like there's no in the comic there's no criticism of like not not really not any exploratory criticism of the fact that he's a bad dad that yeah. he failed in the way that he needed to be there um and there's no yeah. Uh, and this is the part that concerns me about the show. So I'm going to go, <laughs> give me a moment. Um, my least favorite thing about that. Do you need to do this? Go ahead. Just, you said overdroses on Dugs, and it was really funny. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, the worst thing about the comic to me is that the Walter's criticisms about how they should use their powers to help establish a new system because the system can't be trusted to function through itself. Speaking as people who live since 1929 and know that the system doesn't just fix itself um, and that the utopian just pushes back on that and says no. And Walter has that excellent line where he says, why would we just trust it to them? Just because they are, were put into office doesn't mean that they're automatically experts and smarter than the rest of us. And he's 100% right. And that's where this becomes a flag smasher situation, which that's obviously very present on my mind from Falcon and Winter Soldier. But this is where Walter's stance is 100% correct. The system is broken. It needs to be fixed. He has ideas for how to do it. And the Utopian's like, no, because he's so married to the idea of America cannot be a failure. It never could have been. So therefore it will balance itself out that, uh, that's the most interesting criticism that could happen that concept and the exploration of it is is terrible because what should happen is that the i wish the story was about challenging the utopian being so stuck to those ideas which is essentially saying challenging america to being married to its old ideas of the past of how heritage has moved on and it's like we should keep all our old traditions because without any actual good reason and ignoring how it has caused issues for others mm -hmm. and the book isn't interested in actually tackling that because instead what it does is justify the utopian entirely and say well here's the thing though walter definitely has the right ideas but he's also got to do a murder yeah. and <laughs> therefore he's the bad guy and when he does get into power then he will put implement the ideas it'll go great for a couple of years and then it'll fall apart because guess what he's not a politician and that should be left to the pol politicians because they're, they're the experts. Because they're the experts, and he was wrong, and now they're just an evil empire. And I'm like, wow, yeah. I can't hate that more. And again, um, and in, in episode two, there's they they go into that even more. Uh, uh, Walter and Shel Sheldon have a conversation, and they they move it from like a couple of years ago to now, and they talk about like we have Nazis walking around who don't call themselves Nazis. Like they're the problem. Like it's very much Walter's situation of like we're 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 rescuing we're we're, we're 
taking care of bank robbers when we should take care, care of politicians. And he's yes. right. And the show is just doing all this so much better. And I just, it makes me so mad because like there's comics so many but the, copies. But they're still definitely like framing Walter very clearly as like a bad guy. Yeah. And, like it's, it's foreshadowed hardcore. And, yeah. I, and like, that's the thing is like, the show's still going to do that beat. It's still going to do that thing where yeah. he's going to be the guy with the right ideas, but he just takes it that one step too far. And yeah. then, oops. And I'm like, I just, I'm not here for that story. I hate that idea. Yeah. Um, and I hate the idea that the utopian not only goes unchallenged, but goes vindicated. And the fact that the show is probably going to run that exact same gamut in some way of saying like, essentially validating his old ass ideas. And that's the worst part is like where you have his kids saying like, you know, kind of because of how stuck in his, ways he is he was a terrible dad and it's like yeah but it was great that he was stuck in his ways because good america and i'm like no man no yeah. i hate it i hate it so much and and i can't get over that like the option didn't have to be murder why didn't walter just keep helping the government then force utopian to have to physically intervene then utopian's the bad guy again i yeah. don't understand how it's not that story and i just i mean i do because yeah. millar's a conservative Man. Scottish man um, talking about America. It's, it's it's still like again. Ep episode one has yeah. has the murder of Black Star, and immediately the Utopians like, why did you do this? You could have flew him into the sun. We could have done something else. You never. That's always. You don't have to be this guy. And that's that is a very Superman thing. And again, I think the show is just it's doing everything that the comic wants to do just better. But even though some of those ideas are bad, like it's still got to translate those. Unfortunately, there is the there is the unfortunate side effect. That because it is a, a different writer trying to kind of keep Utopian's voice, Utopian does not have the same stance he has in the comic. Um, he is he is split between Mark Millar's stance and Stephen S. Knight's stance. Mm. When in that scene that you're talking about, when we go to the Union uh, in episode two, when he's talking to Walter, um, the, the Utopian and Walter are on the same side for half that conversation. They're agreeing. Yeah, and then and then Walter. And then they're not, but Walter's still saying the same things, but now Utopian is speaking Mark Millar's words and not Stephen S. Knight's words. Well, it's because he, because then it turns into the conversation of like, well, our old ways are bad and maybe we should be in charge. And Utopian's like, no, we got, and then it's the stupid right, conversation. Right, but that, but that switch doesn't make sense because up until now, Utopian was like, yeah, there's Nazis in the streets. And Walter is the one who says they're not Nazis. And he's like, they're Nazis. Yeah. He says, he doesn't say they're not Nazis. He says they don't call themselves Nazis. Sure. Uh, I just want to be specific. Like, like Walter's still, like, they're definitely leaning more towards the foreshadowing of him being the bad guy he is. Um, and I at least appreciate that, like, they feel like brothers because good God in the comic is that not come across? No, there's no familial um, bond between any of them. I bought. I, I I quite like the acting in all the shows. I think the worst the worst actor is honestly is Brandon, like the son. I think he's pretty wooden, but like yeah. I think Chloe. Chloe is a really like this doesn't sound bad. She's a really good like like drug addict like she's a really good like version of that type of person like it's, it's it's really convincing and again like she's at she's bringing so much more that the comic doesn't add to it uh where it does make me excited to watch more of it and no, so of all the characters brandon was the one um who just felt not you brandon i know just pluto what's his name yeah the paragon paragon yeah yeah paragon thank you yeah paragon was like i didn't like his acting at all i thought he was kind of bad yeah, he was. Whereas, yeah. whereas um, I love Lady Liberty in this, probably because in the in this show, outside the book, it's like, oh, I actually get character development. I actually mm -hmm. see who she is instead of her welcoming home Chloe and then dying two pages later. I, I will say, love, I love seeing Chloe fly home. You can tell she's on something, 
and she's very and she's pretty loopy and then she gets and then she leaves it's like oh this is better than the 10 seconds i saw her in the book or the very short amount of time i saw her in the book bef- before the time skip and uh, had been seen, or and even seeing um paragon uh lose the fight to that one lady like who kind of reminded me of a sheen head a little bit yeah yeah and then you see um utopian come in and say you're paying for this is like you messed up you shouldn't have done this and also you're this this is on your bill yeah i was like if we're gonna Man. get if we're gonna get an entire season of of that instead of like a one and a half issues of like why are you so mad at your dad then then like the buildup will be worth it and again like the mm-hmm. walter stuff might not work out in the end but if you're gonna give me like 15 issues worth of buildup instead of two then like maybe maybe you'll be on to something there because like you know I, I i like the idea of like the older generation versus the younger but like just get mark miller out of here and let's do someone else do it if i had not uh, read the book i probably would continue with the show I'm. St- I mean, I'm still gonna. I, th- I think I, it's yeah. okay enough. I think. I think it's unfortunate that the show still has to be trapped in certain things, like that. I that I'm still supposed to be trying to relate to a Wall Street businessman from <laughs> 1929, yeah, yeah, and yeah. how he's grown up with his old ass rich ideals uh, and what he thinks America is, and I still can't get on board with that. I think Brandon said it really well with him being torn between the two voices. My biggest problem with the Utopian in the show, just from like the the one episode in like 10 minutes of the second episode i watched is that he comes off as centrist now yeah uh which at least in the comic like he was right and like like he was right leaning and the thing is at least i gave something to push back against and in the show i'm like you just i don't you just stand for kind of altruism but blindly yeah and i don't think that's really a character and i think that's um, that's what walter again like which is said better in the show yeah walter's like don't don't you even realize how repetitive you sound like you keep saying the same things over and over again and nothing changes and i think that's something that even like the comic doesn't recognize right but i mean like he's he's so centered that like he'll he'll acknowledge that like because i think that our climate is not something where you actually can put out something where you say like america is flawless anymore he won't say that he won't go that far he'll admit that america has flaws yeah but he still says basically it's in the best hands of the people that it possibly could be that's and true, it's yeah. like oh you can't be this guy uh He's Biden the superhero, and I'm like, yeah. meh. So I just want to be positive on the comic a little bit, and it's only for Frank Quietly. Because uh, Frank Quietly is definitely an artist, like, for people are hit or miss just because of his style. He draws very detailed, ugly people, and I, you just don't get a lot of people who, who are willing to do that. So that's something I appreciate. I think the action in this book, for the most part, is really, really good. There's specifically a scene, I think it's in the future, I don't remember because I took a lot of pictures, where there's this, um, this guy named, what's his name, Barnabas? He's a Bar- uh, Barnabas Wolf, and he goes to meet uh, a supervillain who's been hiding in this building, and he asks her all these questions, and she's like, yes, no, yes, and he's like, oh, that's really cool, yeah, yeah. and then he's like, oh, can you tell me about all your uh, co-workers, and she turns around, all the co-workers are asleep because of poison gas, and the only two superheroes are remaining, and that's how she gets found out, and that's a great scene, and she jumps out of the building and grows full size, like, Frank Quietly does some great action, um, there's the fight with Chloe and that guy, he, he can, like, manipulate matter and stuff. So he's making, like, glass, like, boxes, and she's breaking into it. The art's really, really good. Um, there's the boyfriend, Jason, who can teleport. He teleports a train into, like, a bunch of soldiers. Cool shit. Like, I have no concerns or problems with the art. I just wish I'd enjoy reading it. Uh, definitely talking about the comic, I, I do want to spotlight, like, the moments that, that I really liked are... Oh, like, that's, that's like a Spider-Man moment. Like, like, the kid being told, okay, look, we know who you are. There are people 
hurting on the bridge, like go out the back. And then he goes and, and they're talking to the bullies and they're like, the door fell off. You understand? <laughs> you understand that the door fell off. And then uh, I also really love the moment where um, he says, your mom can't even hear you. And uh, uh, she's like, mommy all is always listening. Yeah. And she, you mm-hmm. see like all the panels of her, like zipping through everyone, <laughs> yeah. uh, which I think looks really great. And those are, those are some awesome moments. And that's kind of it. That's about um, it. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely want to talk about like this is a, the prime example of like my problem with how Walter is written, which is uh, he's describing when he's talking to Brandon in space, and he's describing like uh, parts of his plan, and it's like, yeah, climate engineering, and I'm like, solid, solid, eliminating income tax, great, great, underground homes, man, solving homeless problems, that's fantastic, a ban on all religions, God damn what? it, <laughs> oh, that one step too far. See, when I was like a 14-year-old edgelord atheist, that's what I used to think. But then, you know, you grow up and realize people can do what they want. Uh, that's, that is the one where you're like, oh, come on, man. And that's, it, it, that's the part that just really, like, just makes it so hard for me uh, to be able to get on board with the comic. Because I'm like, if you have someone who is clearly saying all the right things about, like, what, what are the issues of the, the country and just being told like, nah, America just fixes itself. Stop it. Shut up. Man, uh, of, of all from, the... from the Superman allegory. And it's like, oh my God, just challenge him without murdering him. What are you doing? Yeah, it makes me, it really makes me wonder because the way that all the, all the superheroes turn on the utopian in this comic, it's like brutal. And like, it's like an entire community coming to kill the old guard. And the show right now, I'm very curious if it's going to go in the same trajectory. Because right now it doesn't, I don't have that vibe. But again, it has such a longer buildup that maybe it actually builds to it and it works out. I feel I feel like the, the, the show won't vilify him the way that on some level the comic was. Mm-hmm. Because like the thing is that you do have that group that comes and kills the Utopian. And they're saying like, you should have seen this coming. Like the way that you have run things you've been too restrictive of everyone. Yeah. He has stopped people from Adam and Eving, uh, Adam Eving problems. Yeah, like yeah, he's, yeah. he's just flat out There's said, no, don't get involved and all yeah. that kind of crap. And I don't think the show's going to go that far with mm, it. Yeah. I don't think they're going to put it into a place where you can kind of look at the utopia and say like, yo man, you actually are the problem. Uh, I don't think they should murder you, but you are the one getting in the way. And I mean, like it's a problem in the book too. Like yeah. that's, that's what it should have done. Like, they jumped to murder way too quickly. Like it should have been, hey, we could all just like do the thing and let's see what he freaking tries. Yeah. That's because Mark Millar's like go-to is just instant murder. <laughs> He's a murder man. Um, I, I mean, do you yeah. like the female characters in the comic? What female characters? Oh yeah, good point. Yeah. Um, there is um, that. I, I do like that interaction. Uh, I guess like the, the comic is basically the same, but like uh, as they're fighting Black Star. Uh, there's a dude with the fire hands. He's like, I'm just waiting in the back. I can't fight this guy. I'm gonna wait and then get the, the last punch in with a photo op. Uh, I, I think. I think that dude dies, and then he then he gets exploded by Utopian. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess the wor- honestly the worst part of the show is the action. Like, it's not it's Awful. not di- it's not dynamically shot. Like, it it is kind of CW ish, but like I do mm-hmm. think the writing is good enough, and I think the acting is pretty good by all the actors. I really like Walter in the show. He, I do too. I, I think really he's a great like, actor. He's one yeah, of the, there's, there's some really good performances happening there, for uh, sure. I like Leslie Bibb, and I don't see her in enough stuff. So, like, Agreed. I will probably um, give it another couple episodes, because, like, I think it's good enough. Um, uh, at least better than the comic, which I did not expect. You it's, know? it's definitely weird that they kill two heroes of color in the first episode. Mm, Black Star yeah, killed yeah. two oh, heroes the same of people of color. That's right. And I'm like, okay... That's choice. Do they uh, do they die in the comic? I don't even remember. Are they in the comic? Nobody dies in, in the like nobody that we clearly like. Oh, they're not even in, yeah. in the comic. That's different. Yeah, they, you're right. they they handle that totally differently. Yeah, like, you're right. 
they're, they're creating in the show they're creating totally new super superheroes which, which is interesting because there's we don't get superhero names outside yeah. of utopian really yeah. in, the, in, in yeah. the in the comic and uh, uh, we don't even get paragon in the comic because he's not a superhero in the comic that's true uh, um it, in the in the show they're making up all these like they created a justice league they're making up all these new names i'm sure they're using super circle for some of the older ones um the 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 comic has a really i have a hard time connecting to the comic um because it 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 does this thing that we should have assumed what happened in the in the time jump in the time between 1929 and, and the present and that's fine but you don't tell me like who your comrades were and and the show kind of has a similar problem right now uh at least in the first two episodes i'm hoping if i do kind of like that more in the show that we're going to see more of the 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 union um, there's there's no explanation in the comic why there are people that aren't part of their the group that went to the islands families that have powers yeah it's never explained just suddenly and now and then everybody had power and i'm like what i wonder if that's something that is explained in the next volume where like once once whatever happened on the island it was basically almost like an x gene that activated or something yeah. um again and also like it's very odd to have like the reason you go to this island be like an ancient alien race who wants America to thrive. I don't think that's actually what it is, but like, it's just, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> that he says that line like more than once. They want to make like, America great. I'm like, that's not good. Keep constantly totally right back. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, constant, no, in the book, he constantly talks about a house. Like they want to fix our country. It's like, why not fix the world? Not dude? Fixed. Save, save, no, save. Yeah. It's like they want to save our country. It's like, okay, look, I look, the United States of America back in 1929, things were not good. I get it. But also, not just America suffered, the entire world suffered in that time period. Yeah. So, um, something that, I, again, this show, I don't think you got because you, you, I kind of wish you just watched episode two because it was only 30 minutes long, but I understand. Um, I, you might have saw it, but like Walter's talking about how he wished he could have done more in World War II, and that already fleshes out that character. He wants to do that's, more. That's episode one. Oh, is that's that episode one? one? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I just don't remember. Um, but like again, Walter is already a little more fleshed out, so like yeah. I could see why he eventually becomes the bad guy. But like, man, in in the comic, it's but just... even then he's saying the right things. He's like, no, he's I like, know. I regret that we didn't get more involved in World War II, and that's the thing. Is like you need to be demonizing the Utopian for saying don't do this with your powers. And it's like, you are literally stopping them from helping people. Yeah. Like, like you are, you are like, he, he is an allegory for America in yeah. a way where it's like, you can't do that. You can't yeah. help people that way. I think, I think it will be, cause like, we don't really have this in the comics. They just kill him. I wonder if there, if there will be almost like, like an Avengers civil war situation where like, they have to go do something. And the utopians like, no, we can't do that. And then it's like, this is the final straw. We have to take them out to save the world. And that's something I can buy in a Watchmen-esque scenario that Alan Moore would that's do what better. I, that's what I want it to be. Yeah. Like, I'd want it to be that Walter, like we have to Walter and the rest of them just kept ignoring him, saying, don't get involved. Mm -hmm. And then Utopian was the one who instigated too much, trying to stop them. They're like, yo, you got to, like, let us help people or we're going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> like, you you are actively the problem. I, Which is what the story should be. It's, it's like, begging to be that. Yeah. Something that um, telepathy and mind powers are, are some of my favorite stuff in comics that in in movies and stuff don't really get utilized because how do you conceptualize being in, in the mind space and they just do it exactly from the comics where uh walter basically puts you on a beach like oh this is where i spend my summers as a kid and like i'm we're destroying your body right now but like your mind doesn't know what's happening that's like a really cool like gene gray like x-men like telepathy thing that you don't get to see very often and i'm like it's i really appreciate that telepathy is a cool power 
Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that uh, some of the rest of the season does like explore more the concept of, you know, how right is it like where they've centered the kind of argument that's breaking apart the family, really what's going to drive the rip between Utopian and Paragon mm-hmm. is the notion of is killing ever necessary as a superhero. And yeah. I'm like, that's a really weird hill to go to right now because in some ways they're trying to make us feel like Paragon made the right call because he was saving his dad. Yeah. And I'm like, this is weird when you're treating them like authority figures, which is basically analogous to cops killing people on the job. Yes. And we're entering like super bizarre territory. So they're like trading one political argument for another that I don't know is a trade up uh, also... where, they, where they come out any better for yeah. doing it. I do. I, I like, I like, I like, I wonder if it's even going to be a mystery because like it, it blacks the, the black star in the show is killed but it's not the black star that's actually because right, the second episode they go and they find like they're talking to so, him and it's like yeah that's a copy of me that's that's what made me like at the end i like that episode, i'm like all right you you got me like that's so pretty ben, cool ben um so black star like he he's like you see like you see this big fight and he's like this big monster but that's not the character it, yeah, he's no. like, he shows like up, no he shows up at pr- or he shows up at, at the, the table end. and sees his dead body and that's where the episode ends that's right. I think the show also has weird ways it ends the episodes. It's, it's not very uh, uh, stand. It's like not traditional. Like it kind of just ends in the middle of a scene. Yeah. Um, it ends the like, episode where he looks at like his a copy of him essentially. Yeah. And then, uh, in episode two, like it like it's just the beginning, but like he he like puts on scientist glasses and he's like very like meticulous and like and like not the character you think he is. Um, and that's what immediately put me on the show. Like, oh, this is not from the comic. This is cooler than the comic. And now there's a mystery of like, who's doing this? Are they trying to take out superheroes? Blah, blah, blah. I wonder if Walter's involved. Like, I'm already more invested than I ever was in the comic. For sure. Um, show's definitely doing more development work. Yeah. I just really didn't care for the book. No, I... I it, it is yeah. a terrible execution of what could be a cool concept, but it goes completely in the wrong direction. So we've read a lot of, of Mark Millar's comics uh, that have become things. Is this the worst one? In Good my wanted. opinion, the Mark Millar things I've read, yes. Wanted, oh, I've read, I haven't reread Wanted. Are you talking about adaptation or just thing he's written? No, just the book, because all of his adaptations are better. Or all the, the, all ones, the movies are better. Of the ones I've read, probably it's the my least in- interesting. Yeah. Because yeah, um, Kick-Ass is like, I think it's good. I think yeah. it's fine. Um, Secret Service is fine. We read that. I think it's fine. This um, book actively made me upset while I was reading it. So I definitely don't like man, it. Man, I got to tell you, if it wasn't Frank Quietly's art, like, I don't even know... Like this book would just be like nothing to me. Like, like what? I think the arts. Like, I love Frank Quietly, so like I at least have some some connection to the book. But like, if it wasn't him, this would be like one of the worst books that that we've read on here. Normally, I'm kind of turned off by Frank Quietly's art, but this is the one book where I'm like, man, thank God Frank Quietly is here because the rest yeah, yeah. of it, because the rest of the book, I'm just reading this like, okay, wow, that's quick. Wow, we're we're in the future now. Okay, okay, well at least the kid's cool. I like the that kid. time jump, man. Um, yeah, the the uh the 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 adaptation thing is really interesting because because this is still uh continuing the trend of his adaptations being better i think the only exception is wanted kick-ass 2 it's pretty bad. wanted i brandon wanted is a much better movie than the comic i promise oh but i just know it's not really anything like the comic and oh, i've never oh, read the comic so i can't really say oh i'm sorry anything. i just means in terms of quality every movie or show that has been based on a book is better than the comic is what i mean is kick-ass 2 the comic really that bad no, but like, but, but Kick-Ass is a good movie. I'm, I, he means Kick-Ass 2 to Kick-Ass I didn't, oh, 2 the movie. Oh, I didn't read it, but I'm sure it's fine. Kick-Ass 2 the movie is probably a little worse than the comic. It's probably comparable. But I mean, yeah. it's just like, it's crazy that his, his yeah. movies are always better. I mean, you know, Sparks talked about it. You know, they're basically pitch, pitch, pitch pieces for uh, movies. Ben, you want to say something? 
Remind refresh my memory. Did he? But did Mark Millar write Superman Red Sun? Yeah. Yes. He's done. He has done good stuff. It's just mostly in the past. Um, I, I do want to mention some things about the show. Um, uh, not to derail too much. Um, I really like the costume design in the show. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Um, the the especially the Utopians costume. I think it looks really cool. Uh, translated to live action. I don't um, think they show them at the best angles all the time. Yeah. Sometimes they make them look cheap by the way that they frame them and light them. Yeah. And that bummed me out because I saw close up pictures on Twitter of people sharing like the detail on the costumes. And I'm like, man, that doesn't show in a lot of the shots. Lady that's Liberty. A bummer. I like Lady Liberty. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, that just kind of goes, I don't think the show is shot very interestingly. Uh, mm-hmm. We talked about the action sequences being really boring, uh, boringly shot anyway. Yeah. Um, the I do have a small issue, and I want to stress a small because I don't want us to get into a tangent about it. I don't like the old age makeup. Oh, it yeah, it's I've seen better, I've seen worse. Yeah, and Josh Demel's wig is awful. <laughs> his beard is awful when you first see it. Oh, the first beard when in the flashbacks pretty bad, but I think his current, I think the ma- the modern one's pretty good. The, mo- the one we see for the rest of the show, not bad. The first yeah. one just looked they just like put spirit on his face and just like. It's pretty bad. I think I would definitely rather have the actors playing both versions, but I do agree same. like the old the older look doesn't always work. Yeah. Um, but I am glad that they're playing both versions. I am too. I was totally into I, that. I was just no, hoping, I know. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not saying that you're you're saying that that doesn't work for you or anything. I'm just saying like that's I I will <sighs> In, in problems with the show, I will forgive old age makeup for <laughs> having the actors playing the same parts because that's not high ranking on my biggest issues. I love I, the look of the 1929 stuff. I think like like the steel New York City looks good. I love Walter's mustache. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love I love going back. I, I, cause the 1929 stuff is the most interesting for me on the show. That's I, I that's I find like like especially in, in episode two, like Josh Dumel, like really like charming. Mm-hmm. Like when he's like walking through the steel mill, like, hey, what's up, buddies? I love all you guys. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is charming. I like this guy. Okay. I think he has to care about the the black, the poor black man yeah. working. He cares. He does. I, well, I look really, how he showed it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really, I think the flashbacks are handled better in the show uh, than they were in the comic. Um, while I do actually, my my the only issue that I really enjoyed in the in the comic was the one where we get like the the origin of the power of where the powers came from and going through the island. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, I like the, the slow build of seeing 1929, the black Monday, and then going into the, the stru- the seizure that gives kind of gives them the, uh, the, the, the island flashback. I think that's really, really cool. And I, I, I'm engaged in that. Yeah. And I, and I like that. Um, it's on Netflix. Like the first episode is like 45 minutes. And then the second episode is like 30 minutes. Like it's, mm-hmm. it, it's, 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 it takes as long as it needs to, um, which I enjoy. Uh, like it doesn't need to outstay its welcome. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to get to like the Indiana Jones Island stuff because I think the setup is much better than the comic. Um, the setup, how do we how we get there? Um, so I'm curious. Just do Jupiter Circle. Yeah, it's a Jupiter Circle. Um, yeah, I um, I definitely anticipated. I guess just because of, like everything I saw, like the show to be worse, and I, maybe that's just I shouldn't think so negatively. But like I was surprised how how okay to good it was. Like, oh, this is actually a, a good product. Like, it's not the best, but like. Not everything has to be. I mean, yeah. I didn't hate the first episode, but I can tell you right now, I'm probably not going to continue it. Yeah, there's um, plenty to watch. I I do. I I'm open to like watching more. I'm definitely like 
I am nervous about down the road them if I finish the season that they'll they'll still shit the bed on the American politics um, side of it. And yeah. I just I I know like we're still going to do the same thing with Walter where like he says the right things but but he goes that that extra mile that's in the bad direction therefore yeah. the bad guy and I'm like. I, I just am so over that concept. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier really nailed that thing to the to the board for me, where yeah. I can't take it anymore with Flag Smashers. Um, and so I have I don't have patience for it, uh, and that's that's sucky. I'm very curious because again, this is only like the, the Jupiter's legacy is only five five issues, even though there's there's more of that. Um, it looks like like I said earlier, like the first season is like the first three issues. Like it's it's not the whole comic. Um, so they really could stretch like this first volume for like two or three seasons, depending on how much like if they do want to do a time jump. Like that seems like an entirely like that's something you want to save. Right? I could like, see the like, time jump being the end of the season. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um, and in that way, I prefer the structure of the show to the comic. Yeah, um, I'm definitely depending on how this week goes. I'm probably definitely going to watch at least the next episode because I am intrigued enough, and I've already started watching it, so I might as well continue it yeah. um, if I like it. Um, yeah. Man, Mark Miller, you're what an interesting guy. What, what a what a guy. Starlight coming soon. Yo, that one. I'm excited for that one. That comic was pretty good. I remember I read it a long time ago. That is that is we should. Well, we, I, oh, I hope that one is still good because I remember liking it too. Uh, anything else you want to add or one guy? Hey, Starlight, Starlight, the the fancy girl. World one no no it's where the old the old man like he's like a space hero. Oh okay. I don't think yeah. I've read that. By the way, Sandra Bullock's gonna be in Reborn. Did we know that? Oh is she she's lady she's the reborn lady? Yeah. That's so crazy. Okay. Yeah. Cause I remember liking Reborn in concept but not in full yeah. execution. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty much par for the course of Millar. Yeah. Again, that's another like another artist where like it really elevates. Did that Netflix book. make a good choice in getting all the Millar world stuff? We'll see. I don't know. They should have got it before all the good movies came out already. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Like like uh Kick Ass Kingsman. You like, don't have you don't have two of the be- the best possible things. Yeah. Uh I mean Starlight honestly might be it because that's like one of his better books. Starlight's Fox. Oh dang. There Starlight wasn't part of the Miller World deal. Dang, sorry, Miller. <laughs> it's like they got all the scraps and they're working with junk and like they, they can make nice junk out of junk. But sure. Like it's, You're starting the, from the, the origin is still junk. Yeah. Still junk. I can't get over it, guys. I really didn't like this comic. And yeah. It really, really bummed me out that, that it made me that angry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe next week you'll have better luck with Ryan's pick. It's me. Oh, Bucky Barnes, the colon, the Winter Soldier. He's volume one the man on the wall written by alice scott Mar- art of oh, mart art by marco rudy um can't guarantee the story is great but at least the art will be dope oh shit i'm doomed <laughs> no you'll definitely like this more than you'll definitely like this more. i'm sure i will like it's jupiter's legacy maybe, maybe it just hit me at like the, the worst possible time but i had just zero patience no the, the, the you're right with the one-two punch of this and like uh, and falcon winter soldier like the same type of a, a politics yeah 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 um all right so stay tuned for that. No book club this week because obviously we just did one. Um, next week, as far as topic goes, we're deciding. There were talks about spiral. There were talks about other things. So um, just stay tuned, and we'll you know we'll let you know. We'll have an episode. There will be an episode. We'll be there here. Be. You'll be here. We'll all be here. Never leave. Tell you who definitely gonna be here. Mag's gonna be here. He says. Thank you, Mag. Care. Mag always. MVP. Hey, you're the reason why we're going to keep doing this. You're the man. Um, all right. Let's get some stuff out of the way. 
uh, some plugs. Um, guys, we put out a lot of stuff. You can check out our other shows on the channel. Uh, my, the, the, the new freshman show on the block is Conversation, mm -hmm. my solo project where I talk to podcasters, hopefully some of your favorite podcasters. This week was Derek McDuff, another one of my uh, from one of my friends from the Podmates group, which is a Facebook group we're, we're all part of. Um, I'm going on kind of a tour around that group because that was easy, easy guess. Um, but I'm meeting a lot of cool people, meeting a lot of fun interview, getting a lot of fun interviews that I think you guys are going to really like. Um, Derek McDuff is the latest episode that's linked below, as I said up top, um, with uh, talking about his podcast and his fandom, uh, the underrated podcast, just called underrated, but it's it's hard to, to say that just as a word. You can't just say underrated. You got to put context. Yeah. Um, all right. And of course, you can like this video and subscribe to this channel and you get a lot of cool stuff on this channel. Um, hey, like Fake Nerds Watch. There's an Invincible special coming out for Fake Nerds Watch. Uh, that'll be up this week. Uh, check that out then. And you can check out our other Fake Nerds Watches. We just finished Falcon Winter Soldier. We've done WandaVision. The next one will probably be Loki. Um, Basement Arcade. Got a Basement Arcade series. And the Basement Arcade Pause Menu. New episode coming out this week. Uh, uh, ben, you just recorded it. Yes, I did. And our Fickner Book Club. Um, probably a couple more weeks until we get the new episode up from there. But you can check out, we just finished uh, Little Char and the Gang. Three episodes going through, at the time, the entire comic strip. Um, it's a weekly thing, so there's more now. Mm -hmm. And you can check out some other links below, such as our Crafted by Z masks. Um, uh, you know, Fickner Podcast masks. You can, you know, fight off the pandemic uh, with, 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 with a new mask. That's all linked below. Also, uh, get vaccinated also get vaccinated patreon we have a patreon ten dollar shirt guys it's a deal you know what i want to i'll say the thing that mike patola said do the one month subscription and cancel you already get the shirt you get, get that shirt. shirt guys it's like a, it's like a free trial but you still yeah. have to pay money mm -hmm. um but you know if you want to be a new best friend oh i thought he froze King. <laughs> i know i thought he froze too i was like I'm not going to finish that sentence. If you want to, if you want to join that club that Ben Magnet is the head of, you know where to go. And if we sell a certain number of shirts, we're going to get that show on the air, guys. That, that 15, fake 15 nerd, shirts. 15, 15 shirts. shirts. That is the Fake Nerd Podcast guarantee. At least one episode. At least one episode of you, all 15 of you, telling Ben what's right about Stephen King and Ben absolutely telling you you're wrong. <laughs> 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 it's gonna we're gonna do it we're serious we do this shit nobody no, knows I, stephen king like ben <laughs> all i right. actually plugged the t-shirt on pause menu and i told about i told the uh, top loader about the shirt and good he's, say it everywhere let's sell them he thought it was the funniest thing ever and uh you can check out our speaking of t-shirts we have t public uh there's so many cool shirts on t public um there's 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 the basement arcade shirt i'm wearing one i just forgot i'm wearing one i'd rather be a fake nerd than a true fan that's the a, a new shirt um all links below or you can check out our website www.fakenerdpodcast.com guys thank you to everyone who listens thank you to mag and anybody else who pops into the live stream you guys are great can't believe you do it thank you um actually we're actually ending on time i was, I was surprised i thought we'd be uh uh longer uh shorter um thank you to all all those people who watched the reruns and thank you to jimmy bellucci uh for our insta so for our musics sorry 
I'm tired, guys. It's been a Thank long Thank you week. to Jeremy Bellucci for our Instagrams. <laughs> for the interim musics to our segments and our, our intros, he does the intros for all of the Fake Nerd Podcast um, shows. Uh, you've heard his music everywhere, um, even the new conversation. Um, you can check out his Instagram at Jeremy, Vellu- Jeremy Vellucci Keyboards, and you can check out a show, Suburban Proctologist. He has a podcast. Uh, on iTunes or at facebook.com slash suburban proctologist official or Instagram at subproc podcast. Thank you to Mike Matola. Just talk to Mike Matola. We're going to get Mike Matola on. Uh, oh, I totally forgot to talk to you. I'll talk to you guys after the show. Um, <laughs> you can check out Mike Matola on Instagram and Twitter at Mike Matola. Um, he did our logos and a lot of cool art oh. stuff that we've done trivia for. He did this logo that's up here in my corner. He did. Um, we're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all of Fake Nerd Podcast, fakenerdguys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben? You can find me posting a crap ton of pictures of my new cat at BenMagnet27 on Instagram and Twitter. And also, I write for oldschoolgamermagazine.com. No new article up this week because reasons. Hopefully, one will come up um, this upcoming week. Hopefully. Sparks. You can find me working hard to catch them all at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Ryan. Oh my god, you can find me eagerly anticipating the release of Mass Effect Legendary Edition on May 15th. Nope, May 14th. That's this Friday. You bet your ass I'm going to stream that game until I fall asleep. Oh my god. That's pretty cool that you can make your own box art. I I, I, I don't think you can actually print it. You just have to give it yes, a Yes, you can. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, you download the PDF. You download it. It's in the size that you can print it. Yeah, yeah. I oh. looked into this. Oh, I made one. Oh, spicy! You can find me making my own box art at DJ Tony Snark. Ryan, you're. Oh. They have it. Really they have funny. it formatted and everything. Because so like it I, has the proper back end and everything. I didn't. I mean, I guess I realized you could have printed it, but like, cause like I made it, and it's like I made it for like my phone and stuff, and I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, they designed it to be the the correct size. Steelbook, what? That's cool. Um. All right, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Amazon Music and Podcasts, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. Like this video, subscribe to the channel. Until next week, guys, stay fake nerds.